Trying to get find a, a good one of the best hitting coaches I, I could find, and, and finally I found one. And then <laughs> I'm also into developing kids, getting them from there's recruiters and there's developers. I like to find people that can develop talent. And here today I got my main man Rob Cruz of Complete Game. How you doing today, Rob? What's up? Doing good. <laughs> How's it going? Doing good, man. And this is how we kind of kind of met. I'm, I'm at a, a tournament practice. I see this young lady. Uh, Sophia Bordy, I come and train her. She comes up to train me. I didn't believe she can come up to train me. She, she lives like an hour and a half away in uh, Cherry Hill, New Jersey. She comes up and I train her, and she ha- she hits an eighty mile an hour swing, and I, and then she's hitting these home runs. I go, "Who is your hitting coach?" <laughs> she goes, "Rob," and her mom goes, "You got to meet this guy. <laughs> you got to meet it." So I call him up. I call you up, and I'm like, "Man, you just blew my mind. Like you're exactly what." <laughs> what I'm looking for in coaching. Great, great. Thank you. I appreciate that. How did you, uh, how did you uh, get into, let's get, to, where, first of all, where are you from? I'm from, I'm from uh, a town called New Rochelle in, in Westchester County, New York. Okay. So I grew up at, you know. Gotcha. Um, it's, not, it's not a small town, but I mean, we had a big high school. We had 3,000, a little more than 3,000. I had 900 in my graduating class. So that was a pretty big. Gotcha. Wow. Big high school. Did did you did you play baseball and is, is it coming up at all? Yeah, I played baseball. I played basketball. I played like Nerf Street, rough touch football. If it was if it could be played, we did it. Okay, got it. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I, I grew up in, I grew up in a sports neighborhood with a lot of kids in the neighborhood, so we always we was always running around doing something. And that's that's what I tell. But most of the good athletes they could do a lot. They did a lot of stuff coming up, a lot of different sports. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Now, how did you? Now, did you? No, would you go to college at all for anything? Yeah, so I, I, I went to um, originally out of high school. So out of high school, I got recruited by a couple of different high schools. Okay, I'm sorry, by, by a couple of different colleges. And um, I said my dream school was to go to Seton Hall. That was like I wanted. I really wanted to go to Seton Hall. Okay, that didn't that didn't really work out the way I wanted it to work out. So I ended up going to Mansfield, Pennsylvania, Mansfield, Mansfield State. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what is that? Yeah, yeah. And um, Coach Harry Hilson recruited me. And that was early in his career. He's retired now, but he's, gotcha. he's a, he was a really good Division II level coach. You know, always had a nasty ranked team. You know, always put out a lot of draft picks. So I wanted to be under, you know, play for a guy like that. But when I got to Mansfield, the culture shock was just too much for me. Oh, yeah. I was like, this it, is, it, I, said, I, I can't do this. Because <laughs> <laughs> you come from New York and that's way out in the middle of nowhere. I mean, you're talking about no, at the time, no radio. You in the mountain, you got nothing. <laughs> it, was, it was way too small, you know. And I was like, you know, I'm the kind of person I'm out. Like I'm not gonna sit here and and and, and, and fool myself. Gotcha. So I got I got out of there real quick. <laughs> I I I even stayed to the spring. I, I transferred in the fall. Wow. I transferred after my fall semester, and then I went to um, Mercy College in Dallas Ferry. That's where I played um, my baseball. Oh, nice, nice, nice. What position? Uh, I played in the outfield. Okay, nice, mm-hmm. nice, 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 nice. 
Now, now, how did you how did you get this love to turn into passion to to get deep 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 dive deep in the sport and take it apart and want to you know prepare and develop people? So I've, I've always been the kind of person that when I do something, I do it. Like I I don't really do anything halfway. If it's going to be halfway, then I'm not going to do it. Gotcha. That's just that's just how I've always been with everything I've done. So it, it would be no different with this, with hitting and, and developing developing baseball and softball players. But I think for hitting, because it's such a complex, deep dive with so many layers and so many different things you can work on and do and improve, the challenge of, of kind of figuring it out has always intrigued me, and it still does to this day. Yeah. So it, it was a natural – I naturally gravitated towards, you know, being a hitting coach. Um but I'm, I do more than hitting, but, you know, people, yes. <laughs> people like to put you in that little box. Like, he's a hitting coach, but I, I, I've done pitching. I, I retired from it. I'm thinking about coming out of retirement. Hey, hey, they, I, they need you, man. They need you. <laughs> because I'm – you know what it is? Because I'm seeing so many kids throw 60 at 14 years old, and then they end up in a senior in high school, and now they throw 62. Like, how'd that happen? How'd you stop? Right, right. Getting, how'd you stop, you know – in, in improving or in, in enhancing your velocity. So, right. But I, sometimes I can see a, p- a pitcher throw, and I'm like, okay, I see why she got that one hard. But I'm not. I don't have time to go do that. You know, go go over there and show her, and then she's probably like, but you do hitting, but I do everything. Movement is movement. Right. You you, you train movement. movement. You're a movement specialist. <laughs> it's moving. It's just if you're moving wrong, you're not going to get the most out of it. And if you're moving the right way, you're going to maximize. You know. All the things that you have to maximize to get the ball or the bat or the, the racket or the whatever it is, the hockey stick, whatever it is, it doesn't right. matter what it is. Right, right, right. You know, I tell everybody it's mathematics, physics, and biomechanics. You got to move right way, way to, to you know produce. So when I when I got a player that that doesn't not an exceptional mover, that's a problem. So we got to fix that first, and and that that part of it comes without a bat. Gotcha. Without a ball, like let's just let's just move better. Gotcha. <clears throat> so you start them out with no, 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 no bat, no ball. <laughs> sometimes it's funny because sometimes I go I go work with a team, and they expect me to like have all these quote unquote drills, uh-huh. right? <laughs> and I'm like, this is drill. Hit hit the bottom third of the ball hard, gotcha. and, and swing fast. There's no drill. Just do that. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm there's, right. there's not a drill. I need you to do this. Right. Swing hard, swing fast, and hit the bottom third of it, and try to get it in the air really hard. It's a softball field. It's small. There's something. There's something you can't drill. <laughs> See that you have to do the actual skill, the sport, the but, thing, the activity. But, but you know the contemporary mentality of for contemporary um, batting lessons has been, you know, everything is all internal cues. Everything is all okay. Put your elbow here. It's it's, it's A to B to C. Gotcha. It's drip, 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 and that's and the, and the, sometimes I feel like we have been over coaching to the point where we're coaching the athleticism out of the kids, and then and the game requires them to be you know more athletic. Gotcha. And then but but the coaching systems that are being employed are just. Sometimes I let's go into that like, I, I, and here's the thing too I see I, I have players that practice all the time but they get minimal games and skill 
And that just bugs me. <laughs> but to, 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 to go into like some of the deficiencies and some of the flaws you see in coaching of girls, you see they don't progress as like they should. And reason why? Well, I, I think I think everything really should come down to intent. It's, I, I always I try to start with intent, and I try to coach the intent. Gotcha. And if I can make the cues external, the players can focus on what they want to happen, and the body will align itself or organize itself properly. Gotcha. organically mm-hmm. to make the thing happen. And, and it's the opposite. It's actually the reverse <laughs> of what most people have experienced in a lesson. But I don't want my hitters to look like they take lessons. If you look like you take, if you, look like you take lessons, that is not going to be good. Ah, uh, okay. And I tell them all the time, you look like you, you take lessons. They're like, what? I'm like, you look like you take lessons. You don't want to look like that. You want to look like we're athletes and we're athletic and we're just hitting the ball naturally. They like look, a third, look, like a third look, grader in a, in a in like a third grader would hit in the in the back of in the back schoolyard. <laughs> That's how I want you to move. Not like somebody who took all these lessons and you're moving like you know part by part by part. You mean like robotic of the section to section? Yeah, okay. yeah, I got yeah. You. That A to B to C thing is just gotcha. It's not good. That makes sense. <laughs> so they got to be smooth, kind of. I think fluidity. I think I think in, in a lot of, in a sense, you know, with, with all that we know in, in the in the industry, it's crazy because everybody has access to YouTube, Google, you, you know, Instagram. You got all these different coaches on there putting up drills. Yeah. Yet, yet, instruction is still at an all time worst. Gotcha. And here's another thing and you too. You have all the resources, right? We got all the resources. Another thing too. I, I, some of some some of my headers go to colleges. And they're they're saying, when I go to college, I'm going to get so much better. The coaching is so much better, but that don't always happen. And and so, go into that a little bit. Why why do you think that happens? I think there's different types of college programs, and I think every coach has different is different in terms of um, what what I who they are. What I believe like who they are. What I yeah. believe happens is each athlete, each hitter, they cannot do the exact same thing. You got to do what works for them. Does that make sense? Yeah, but that that's that's one part of it. Yeah. But you got to realize also that college coaches don't get a lot of time with their hitters. Ah, uh, okay. You got other things you have to work on. So most schools will try to bring in people who are at least three quarters of the way there, gotcha. where they need them to be, or they they can project that they're going to be three quarters of the way there. Okay. So a lot of college coaches, at least the high level championship level coaches, will recruit. From specific types of softball programs. Yes, I noticed that. That are that are really good at developing athletes, or they'll pick kids who train in a certain pitching ecosystem, or with specific types of hitting coaches that have a specific level of knowledge and a specific track record for developing hitters that are mentally, emotionally, physically prepared for that level. Okay. Then when I get them. Now it's like you have some schools that are good at developing athletes. There are a lot of programs and that, <laughs> that are in the World Series every year. Right. But it's still, it's still a school where great hitters go to die. Right. <laughs> that, that school just doesn't do that well. Gotcha. They don't develop. If they throw you on the wall, whoever sticks, sticks. If you don't stick, 
You're going to ride the pines for four years. Bye. Uh, Next. Uh, <laughs> and then there are coaches who actually develop. Gotcha. So you're actually going to get better. So I think the conversation has to happen during the recruiting process for these athletes. It has to happen then. What should I expect from you as a hitting coach in this program? Right. I, I have that conversation in 11th grade. Why, why you wait till you get there to, to find out that this, this coach wants you to hit it on the ground? Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> and now you're like, oh, my God, what's going on here? Right. They got to interview the coach. You know, the coach they interviews them. me. I was dropping bombs. Now they want me to hit it on the ground. What's this? <laughs> you, because you never had a conversation with them about hitting. You have no idea. You had no idea. That they, they they expect was, to do what they've been that, doing in high school when it might right, be that, different right. philosophy. So it, it's, yeah, it's a lot. But to, but to, to your point, um, coaching to different players and coaching to the players' needs, it's hard for a college coach because of the amount of time they don't have. Right. Like like in my business, I have I have time. You're locked in. <laughs> with my players, right? <laughs> you know, so, uh, there's, there's time. You know, but in, in the college atmosphere. The college environment, the way that everything's structured, class, weights, uh, study, meetings, sleep. <laughs> you know, they got, you know, they got so much. And you're, only, you're limited by the NCAA of how many hours you can actually practice. Yeah. What, what's that, 20, 20 hours? I don't know. That, I mean, it's different in Division One, Two, II, and Three. It's all different. Okay, I didn't know that. Um, it's very different. In, in, in all, in all, and it's different at different times of the year. Gotcha. Like so many hours per day, per week. What I would do, so, so many day, you know. So. If, if my if my team lacked in hitting, I would devote more time in hitting and back off the fielding and you know if they, if they, if they were well, bad in pitching, well, I'd step up the pitching more. Well, I tell you what, that's that's a great point you made, and I think a lot of coaches are pretty, coach, you know, a head coach, a head coach at a, at a I don't say any program, but the, the the really good head coaches who are really 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 understand how to how to um run a program it's like running a corporation oh yeah go into that the head coach is the ceo you know you got your your yeah you got your management you got you got your employees you got payroll you gotta you gotta organize and, and i think if i know my pitching is is strikeout pitching if i got strikeout pitching and i and i, and I project my pitchers to get 13 strikeouts a game 11 strikeouts a game that's less outs that my defense has to make yeah i can devote more time to hit it Yep. But if I have pitchers who pitch the contact, I gotta I gotta, I gotta devote more time to defense. Yeah, that makes sense. There's gonna be more there's gonna be more ball put in play. So I think your team makeup determines how much time you get to spend on hitting. Right. But to but I love what you said, because I think you have to be more creative as a as a as a coach at that level because um you can have a kid you can have a team, for example, that um has I don't know, I mean just gonna say just really bad hitting. Overall. <laughs> exactly. You got like, you got sugarcoated. We, we we just can't hit, right? <laughs> so like, yo, dude, skip the weights. And and, and there's perceptions like, of, of hitting. Like if they're batting, if they're batting, uh, you know, say they're batting two fifty, they might think they're okay. Or three or three hundred on the dot, that might be okay to to some people. But I want them to hit four hundred. I, I don't know if, if any team ever hit four hundred. Well, I, not I, not, I, not, I, the whole, I, not the whole team, that. not the whole team. But well, like, I, I'm talking about as a team. Okay, I'm gonna have my I'm gonna have my three, my four, my five. My one and my two right. hitters, you know, hopefully though my one through five, maybe even six, are hitting, you know, high two high two hundreds, low threes. Hopefully right. that's happening. Right, right. But as a team, 
you know, as my team, that's that's pretty high. Yeah. As a team, um, if we if we just can't hit, then maybe I'm not in the weight room as much. Maybe I'm in the cages. There you go. I, I don't. I don't know. I, I, you know, maybe. <laughs> It, it, it depends. Every, every team is so different, you know. That's what I do. Get get out of the waiver, but get in the skill. Work in your batting. Work on your I'd rather, batting. I'd rather be in the batting cage and just 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 miss harder. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, you're strong. Now you guys are missing harder. That's nice job. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <clears throat> the only way to get better at the sport is to do the sport. You got to. They got to sometimes. They got to make time. I, I, I think after you already can hit. Um, weight training on that stuff matters more. Yeah. But if you can't hit, I think it, I think you got to prioritize being able to hit even more. And then you got to also reevaluate how you, your recruiting style and you know why why you're bringing in people that can't hit. And then why <laughs> and why are you not even developing them when they get there? Like sometimes I know my kids. I'm like, okay, you're gonna go to the school. I'm telling you right now. And I'll tell my my players. Okay. You're not gonna get you're not gonna get a whole lot of help from the, at this particular program. Ah, you're okay. going to be on your own. If you don't figure <laughs> it out, you are going to sit. I'm telling you right now, you're going to sit. I'll tell them straight up. I know. And then I'll, I'll, or I'll tell them, you know what? You're the kind of hitter, a kind of player that needs coach feedback, coach right. uh, interaction. You need coach. You need to be, you need love from your coach. Some coaches, that's not their style. Gotcha. They're not going to coddle you and, make, and, and tell you, nice job and all that stuff. You got to just go get it done. If you don't, you are going to be on the the depth chart at a college program. I think people don't get it, like in softball. They, I, I, they just don't get it. Like the depth chart is small. The, 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 after 13, nobody's, when, when coaches go sit down and make the lineup, yeah. they're not talking about the 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19 player. Right. And a lot of these child kids haven't been on a team. That has more than 14 kids. Right. Never, they've never been on a roster with 30, 28, 26 kids. Right. <laughs> You're basically just coming in every day having, and practicing. Right. You're never going to smell. You don't even, your name doesn't even come up when they make the lineup. It's not even, <laughs> it's not even mentioned. Uh. They, they're bringing in people out of the portal to come play. They're, they're not thinking about you. They're, bringing, they're hoping these freshmen come in and can play. Right. Once you get, once you get past that 13, 14 person, that's it. Goodness gracious! And I, I think I think people don't people don't really get that. Right. That makes sense. That's you are not in the conversation. That's not, and it's and it's hard. They don't get that love. But they're not going to get in the conversation. Uh, what you're and saying. in twenty and in twenty twenty two, Brandon, in twenty twenty two, you're going up against the portal now. Yep. Go into that a little bit. The the the, the transfer portal allows college players. I, I think it's a great thing because it empowers the athlete now. If I don't like my situation, I'm out. And, and I'm out and I don't have to ask for permission. I can enter myself into the transfer portal and I don't need to ask anybody's permission to do it. There's no signature. And, and, and I'm eligible to play right away. Yeah. So I can, I can transfer uh, right after Thanksgiving and I can be on that new team in the lineup in the spring semester. Wow. And so now high school players, if you thought it was hard before, now you're going up against the portal. <laughs> right. If you're already on a roster, <laughs> I had a kid who, <laughs> she yeah. transferred from the SEC school. Okay. He went to the portal in the fall. She went into the portal on Monday morning. She entered herself on Monday morning. Is it before Thanksgiving? By, 
No, this was this was uh, this was in the fall. This okay. was like oh, fall this semester. Fall. Okay, this fall. This was this, this past fall. Okay. She answered herself. She was in SEC school. She she wasn't. The situation was. She 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 left a year late. She left as a junior. She left a year later than she should have. I think. Okay. She should have been. I think I think, I think you told me this. Yes. Uh-huh. I think I might tell you a story. Yeah. So she um she ends up trying, she ends up going into the portal on a Monday. By Tuesday, she had thirty-seven offers. Oh, because she's in the SEC, of course, <laughs> right? But I'm saying, but she's good. All she's the coaches good, that recruit, that recruit, they knew who she was because they watched her play travel ball, so they knew that she was good. But she had to be committed since she was so young. So they was like, ah, you know, we're not going to touch her. She's already committed. Okay. But you know, and that, that's I get it. But dude, this is the thing that that transfer portal is real. Oof. Like. You know, you're out of school. You're not getting it done. You, you're not. You're not just. Don't just look around you, and say, "I think I have a shot next year." Yeah. You got to also know that your coaches are looking at that portal beyond you. Right. If you if you don't show up. And that's what I tell these kids. You're competing not only against the people in your local area or the or the state. You're competing with people around the country and maybe in other other countries too. It's a big. It's a big world. <laughs> <laughs> so you got to be you on. Know? You got to be on your game. Or, it, or it's it, over. <laughs> it's a big world. It's over. <laughs> so for me, the biggest thing when I when I'm working with my with my athletes, <laughs> the biggest thing is mindset, man. It's mentality. I'm I'm really all about that mental game, life. You go in that. That's stuff. That's a that's a topic that coaches that's underrated. They don't even think about. So. <laughs> Because we say that it's eighty percent mental or ninety percent mental or whatever it is, we know it's we know it's a big part of it, right? Yeah. But the mental game itself, like when I say that, it's a broad, broad term. I was just talking to <clears throat> my my best baseball player, Brandon Miller. He plays. He went right. to St. John's, and now he's at he's at uh, Carl's in Charleston, and now he's pitching, and he's he's on that mound at, at scrimmages, and he said, "The kids are that he goes. The kids are scared of me." I go, "What?" You're a Division One baseball. How are they scared of you? He goes, "Cause, cause I, I, I have a, I have a mean look in my face. I have a, when I'm pitching, I look angry, and and half the team is scared of me. And I said, that's the right mentality you have to have. And he's striking everybody out. He's, he's killing it. And I, I think that people need to. That's an underrated thing. I told him you have a, you have something that's underrated. You have that mentality, that killer instinct. You have to have. Yeah, and it's funny. I was, I was I talking about that with yesterday. Was it yesterday? I forgot who it was. I was I was talking to someone about um oh I know who it was. Okay, so I was talking to a friend of mine out in, out in Houston who I played I played high school basketball with years ago. Okay. <laughs> and we were talking about um flow, the flow state. Okay. And being in and being in the zone or out of the zone. Mm-hmm. And um I said, look, I said, you know, when you're if you go to a if you go to a playground and watch a bunch of six and seven and eight year olds run around the park and play. And if you had to pick one of the kids or two of the kids that you project to be successful 10 years from now in anything, it's obvious watching the kids playing the playground who, who knows who that kid is. <laughs> because they already have it at that point. Gotcha. There's something about that kid do right you, there. Do you think it's from the parent? I could the, the, the parental it's definitely upbringing. Is it's upbringing? Okay. It's, it's part. Okay, it's not all upbringing. I don't. I don't think it's all upbringing. I used to think it was. I think a lot of it is innate. 
and a, and a lot of it could be upbringing, but it's a, it's a combination of both. Gotcha. But I believe that if you have it, it's nurtured at home. And if you don't have it, to an extent, it could be it could be improved to an extent. Right. But I could, it could also be made worse. It could be worsened <laughs> by the upbringing. Right, right. You know, p- people underestimate the conversation at the kitchen table. Yeah, a lot, a lot of good gets done at the kitchen table. That's a lot. A lot, lot of, of mindsets. A lot of mindsets are created and, and established. Yeah. With with the, with the kitchen table talk. Yeah. How would you? But that eight. But that. Yeah, I'm sorry, guys. Yeah, how how I, that's the tough thing to change. I, I, I try to change that in athletes too, get them to have that, that confidence, <laughs> yeah. that swagger, that cockiness, that 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 inner drive. You know, you know, it's, you know, it's harder with female athletes. It's harder to do that. Oh yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. And and female pro female athletes will tell you, like when I talk to a pro female athlete and I and I, and I listen to them talk, and I I realize how much of a boss this woman is. I'm like this girl boss dude <laughs> now how, how do i get my girls to feel that way because if i ask a bunch of girls if i ask a group of girls this is typical right if i ask a group of girls okay who's fast and all the girls will look at the same player or the same two players that are fast mm-hmm. but those two players would never raise their hand and say i'm fast right ah okay because they don't for whatever reason here in America, we condition our girls and our, our young ladies to to kind of be more reserved and less less boastful. Right. For some reason, right? But if you ask the boys that question, the chubbiest, slowest boy is going to be like, I'm fast. <laughs> You're right. I'm, I'm telling you, every single time. Right. Every single time, I've never failed. So for me, a big part of it, of what I do is I want them to actually own their bosses. Gotcha. I want, I want, I want to, I want to exploit that part of who they are, who they, and make sure that they know that they are that, because that's going to be important when you go up against, you know, the best teams in the country, and you got to beat girls who know who they are. Right. And they're not, and they're not afraid to say it either. At least in their own head. Right. You got to know thyself. <laughs> That's the first principle of every culture. Know thyself. <laughs> or every 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 good culture. Right. In Egypt, I know. I know that was the first principle. Know thyself. I studied in Egyptology. <laughs> you got to know it and own it. Absolutely. My, my my one guy, uh, the kid I was talking about, Brandon Miller. That guy owns it, man. He goes, I've put the work in, and I've put the time in, and nobody out there deserves to be out here playing with me. <laughs> he yeah. doesn't he doesn't say it out loud, but in his head he's saying it. He knows he knows it. He exactly. knows it, and he's just he gets he gets in that mound. He's like, these guys aren't getting on base. I don't care what happens. <laughs> That's right. And they're scared of him. They and they they know it. They can they can just sense it. They he doesn't before he even throws. They can sense it. And it's over. I used to tell my I used to tell my kids when I used to watch the World Series, you know, there was there was a couple of different World Series pitchers. You know, they always zoom in, right? They zoom in on the pitcher. And if you watch the women's college world series, mm-hmm. we're talking softball here, you could look at their you could look at the face of the pitcher and you'll be able to say, She's not gonna lose. Right, right, right. She's not gonna lose. <laughs> 
Exactly. I can see it. I can see it. She's not gonna lose. She's not losing this game. I had I had a hitter. My one my, my, my one of my best hitters ever, Corinna mm-hmm. Zan. She went to Syracuse. I go Florida wanted her. I go why'd you go to Florida? It's too hot down there. <laughs> but she went to Syracuse. She had fifty <laughs> home runs. This girl tore her ACL twice playing basketball. And he's always I remember you told me basketball players are the best level player. <laughs> so he played basketball. It was a shortstop. I think so. Mm-hmm. And and. Uh, I go, I go, uh, Corinne, man, how are you going to run? You, you you tore your knee up twice. You have an old woman's knee. Like, you, you're, you have no cartilage in it. It's, it's torn apart. She goes, I don't need to run. I hit home runs. And she hit, like, 25 in high school and 50 in college. And she was right, but that's how you have to – when she steps in that batter's box, she knew she was getting a home run. See, that's my, that's mindset, man. That's, that's she, mindset. That's what she told me. That's I said I, I had to laugh. I was like, I go, damn it, she's right. She can hit home runs. She doesn't have to run. <laughs> It, it wasn't about it wasn't about the injury. It was about how she felt about the injury. Right. That's mindset. It's mindset. <laughs> Period. She has a mindset for that. Somebody else can look at her and say, "My favorite story is Candace Parker." Uh-huh. Candace Parker is probably my favorite female athlete ever. Okay. You know who you know she is, right? She yeah, played yeah. Uh, yeah, Tennessee. Yeah. yeah. Um. And one of the reasons why I I, I really love Candace Parker so much is because when she was in college and she had that knee injury, mm-hmm. they told her, the doctor told her she would never play again. Mm. What happened next year? She ended up being one of the first women to ever dunk in a, in a game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, she just, <laughs> and, and, and now just fast forward to last year, she did, they just won the championship. She just won the uh, WNBA championship in Chicago. Right, right, right. Like, come on, man. She got commercials all, all, over, all over the place now. So the, the key becomes, like, how do we develop mindset? You know, we, we I try to incorporate cognitive, what I like to call cognitive chaos. Okay. In my training sessions to, to add more emotional context to the training. Do you, so it's, do you put them in situations, so it feel, so it high pressure like situations? So it feels like the game. Okay. There's a challenge. I'm going to push them to have that feeling of that there's something at, there's a cost. There's a price to pay for failure. Gotcha. Because a lot of times in practice, it's like, okay, I'm going to get my 50 balls and get my 50 swings. Next station. Nah, this, this is, this is the O2 count. Let's go. Why'd you take that pitch? Gotcha. Too close. Strike three. Too close. Like I have to put. I have to. I have to bring that to practice. Yep. And, and if I don't, then we just it's just me flipping the balls. It, because if if I know it's eighty percent mental or more, how do I not incorporate that into everything that we're doing? I always say that too. These hitters just practice hitting on a they, on a tee, the straight or the or the soft toss. Great. They don't pack practice hitting inside, outside, over the stressful situation. Oh and two or three, two and two. They don't practice the stressful situation they see in a game until they get to the game. And and that's yeah. what I, that's what I was that's what I think is wrong too. Yeah, I think you know I, I have my I have a I have a thing about the batting team now. I, I, as I've gotten older and I've gotten a little little more wiser, I feel a certain way about teamwork. Mm-hmm. I, I really don't like it, but it's also necessary sometimes that we do teamwork. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's how we approach teamwork. Okay. 
so that we can try to get the most out of it because it's not a whole lot to be gotten from it. Gotcha. But when we do it, how do we get, if there's only a little bit of juice in that lemon, how do we get all of it? Exactly. And, um, and I think that's kind of what I've been focusing on lately with the team. And because one, the ball is not moving. Two, it's not coming from anywhere and it's not going anywhere. There's no spin. There's no prediction happening. There's no velocity. And the most important thing is the decision is already made for me with a ball on the team. And hitting is like so much decision making. Gotcha. It's, it's two. It's just two things. It's recognition and it's decision making. The two most undertaught aspects of hitting is what hitting really is and what it embodies. That, that's... So when I first when I first started doing it, it was all about vision for me. Like I was like, you know, it's got to be all about vision because every every person is not built the same way in terms of how they perceive something. So I really went after I really went after vision and vision training hard early in my career, and I still do. Go into that. But, how, how do you train vision so they can react? So currently, yes. I don't believe that. I, I, and I'm excited. This is this is based on research, and I can actually prove it. Okay. Currently, I don't believe that you can. I don't believe that you can train a hitter's vision. Okay. I don't think you can. Okay. What I think you can do is I think that you could improve a hitter's focus and attention. Okay. Because you can you can improve functional vision. I believe you can improve functional vision. So functional vision would be like. Everyday vision, driving, walking down the street, mm-hmm. self-preservation things, um, just functional vision. Now, when you bring it to the when you bring it to hitting, the only thing that's going to train you for hitting visually is actually hitting. Mm-hmm. So, the players that play a lot of high-level softball that see a lot of rise balls and see a lot of velo and see a lot of movement, they're getting the training. Gotcha. On the job. They're getting on the job training. Gotcha. Okay. You don't train for that outside of that. How, how can you? You got to have a bat in your hands. You got you to create a bat path for that pitch you saw. Like, it's great. Like, I, I, I don't, I, based on all my time I spent researching NASCAR drivers and how they train. Wow. You would you say NASCAR, hockey, NASCAR drivers? Hockey goalies. Pilots. Wow. How they train visually. Um, after doing all that, my conclusion is we have to train focus and we have to train attention because I really believe that there's a distraction that, that occurs and there's a lack of attention that can occur. But if I'm bringing my best functional vision, the best aspects of functional vision to the table as a just, just a, this, this is an athlete because I think all sports there's a visual component, mm-hmm. right? Basketball, I got to be able to see the court. You know, do I have to look down at the basketball when I'm dribbling it? You know, that that's perceptual. Do, can I see the court? Can I see? Can I see what, what pass to make? Right. Or do I got to look down at the ball while I dribble it and then look back up to see if the guys the guys open or whatever? Like that's a quarterback being able to see the whole field. You know, a free safety being able to read what's going to happen. Right. Um, basketball, in order to be able to get a shot in between the, the rim, in, in the rim, that's visual. 
right? You got bad vision. You're, you're going to come up short. You're going to be too long on your shot. So, you know, all sports are, have a really high we, – we underestimate sports vision a lot and how much it really brings to the table and how much it, it's uh, – if you got a high level pitcher throwing 65, 70, how much time mm-hmm. does it how much time does it from the release the release to the to the to the glove they have to react to it to the swing? Less than half a second. Less than half a second? Less than a half a second. Wow. And they gotta make the split decision to where this going. A rise ball, drop curve, fastball. Uh, I, I think <laughs> so I think a lot of it is more anticipation and less reaction. Okay. You know, because they should be reading uh, the hand, right? Correct. Um, to a certain extent. Here's what I said. I said, I said that a hitter that played at the collegiate level or a high level that's facing that kind of pitching has already played so many games in their in their life, yeah, and has already seen so many pitching deliveries that that part of it becomes almost you're seeing it unconsciously. Like gotcha. you know how to trigger that. You know how to trigger that up in time. That right. Right. Which is why baseball players can't hit fast pitch. Gotcha. Because they've never seen it. They've never seen underhand. Right. They'll smoke overhand. <laughs> because they see it since they were what? How long? How old? <laughs> yeah. Since they were five years old in the backyard. Right. But how many how many baseball players have actually been in the box against somebody throwing underhand? You ain't gonna hit it. You you have no visual you have no visual files for that. Yeah. You don't have the files. Right. Right. They never seen it. So you ain't, you ain't gonna do it. I put all my money on a, on a windmill pitcher in the cage with an MLB guy any day for that reason. <laughs> really? You have not seen it. You ain't hitting it. I don't right. care who you are or how good you think you are. You ain't hitting it. Well, it was like a couple years ago that that pitcher from Oklahoma, UCLA went or Oklahoma. You talking about Jenny Finch? Well, well, she was a college player. Oh, okay. And she went to play for, to the Royals. I want to say. Oh, okay. Remember, remember, remember that happened? happen? No, but I mean it's been done. I mean everybody, <laughs> you know, it, it's it's like the popular thing. Look, a girl beat a guy. I mean, that's great, but ain't no girl, ain't no guy beating no guy throwing underhand either. Right, right. If a guy threw underhand to a guy, he ain't hitting it because he don't, he don't see it. It don't matter who's throwing it. Right. But it's it's a fun thing to like kind of look at on, on the internet and kind of, you know, <laughs> I, I get it. But vi- from, as, as somebody who studies vision, like I know that that's not happening. <laughs> from Coming from down down in that, at that, in that, in that angle and you haven't had enough files, you're not going to be able to do it. What should a hitter look at once... Yeah, what what body length? What what should they look at to recognize pitch recognition? Let's go to pitch rec- pitch recognition a little bit because that's kind of visual. Okay, let's go on recognition. Okay, what what are the things you teach? So I teach visual routes. So I, I don't like for hitters to like, if you stare at something for too long, it begins to get blurry, right? Mm-hmm. So people say, oh, you know, you gotta look at you gotta look at this spot right here. You gotta watch the arm or what have you, or you gotta look at the spot. But to be honest. The eyes work better when the eyes are moving, just like any other muscle. Gotcha. If a, if, the, if a muscle isn't moving, you know what happens. Right. It gets it, it starts to it starts to it starts to uh, to fatigue. Mm-hmm. Right. So if a muscle's moving, it's, it's actively resting. It's actually resting when it's moving, and it's going to be a little bit more loose and be able to move a little bit faster. So the eyes as muscles are no different than any other muscle. When they're when they're actually in motion, they're working better than when they're static. Gotcha. So what I like to do is have my hitters take a take a visual route from somewhere else to get back to wherever they want to get to. Okay. So that way, when you get to, because when you get somewhere new with the eyes, 
everything is in really high definition because it's new. It's like we just got there. Okay. So if you sit, if someone's sitting in a room watching this podcast, you can, you can try this yourself. Like fixate on an object in the room somewhere and just stare at it, and you'll see that object begin to get blurry. I'm doing it now. Yeah. And when it gets blurry, if you move to a different object, the new object is is so much better uh, definition. Wow, that's deep. No, you, I've never you, thought about you, that. If you go back to the all the other object, it's now in high definition again because you just got there, and it's in it's in a better definition. So the whole point is don't stare too long at a particular area because your eyes will just one one begin to fatigue, and two your brain has this function where okay we've seen that it's nothing new. Let's move on. You don't I don't need to give so much energy to that particular object or that particular location. Let's move. Mm. So the visual route gives me the ability to maybe, I think they say Barry Bonds, his, his visual route was shortstop to the pitcher. Mm-hmm. Um, Bernie Williams' visual route was definitely center field, black, center field, black, back to the pitcher. Mm. So I'll, I'll, I'll do certain things with certain hitters um, where I'll have them, you know, pick somewhere else to go to, to, to start. I mean, you, obviously you can still see the picture. Right. Because you have that. You know, vision. that yeah, I'll call, it, I'll call it soft. People call it soft and hard focus mm-hmm. or soft and fine focus. Yeah. Because peripheral vision is really defined as how, how much you can see in a 180 degree radius, right? Gotcha. That's, that, that's defined as peripheral vision. It's that 180. I'm looking straight ahead. Can I get to 180? How, obviously, I can't go past that because I don't have eyes behind my back. So. <laughs> but I can go. I can go to 180, though. You know, if I have really excellent peripheral vision, mm. and everything from 180 back in would, would be considered um, peripheral. Gotcha. But open focus is what I like to call it. And um, so they pick a spot like a, a shortstop back to picture. So yeah, that would be the visual route. But open focus would be me being able to look. So open focus would be like when you're driving. And you can see the car in front of you, but you could also see the, see the stoplight mm-hmm. uh, two blocks ahead of you. Okay. And you could also see, you know, the stuff on the right, stuff on the left. You can see McDonald's on the left, gotcha. you know, on the right. Yeah, you, you can see, see Starbucks things, on the yeah. left, right? That's, that, that would be considered open focus, but not peripheral vision. Okay. Peripheral vision is can you see the car in your blind spot coming out coming out of your blind spot? That would be peripheral vision. Gotcha. Or your mirrors. Can you see your mirrors while you're looking straight ahead? So that would be proof of vision. But like for hitting, it's all about. Remember, we're looking at a we're looking at a moving ball, and we're trying to interpret and predict where the collision is going to occur. Mm. And the, the problem with the, the problem that I'm I'm running into a lot with developing visual hitters is that a lot of things that happen in the visual process are also overlapping with what they're doing when they're moving. Mm. So if my, my limbs aren't stable enough, I'm going to have some intrinsic wobble. I'm going to have some, some mini head tremors. And I'm probably going to not get an accurate snapshot of what I think that collision is going to be, which goes back to my point about the T. Because it's not moving, it's not real. Gotcha. Okay. Because we, we play a game where a ball moves. If this was golf, that would be different. <laughs> right. Because the the ball the, the ball's in the same spot and gone. There's really no variables. But you, you know, you, you mentioned that that six sixty six that sixty five seventy um, situation. A lot of people don't really throw that hard to be to be honest. There's, there's very few people who can right. throw that hard. Right, right. 
You know, you go to a, you go you go get a radar gun and go to a Division One game. You're not going to really see that. You'll see 64. You'll see 63. Yep. You'll oh. see 62. You're not going to really see a lot. A lot of girls that throw 60. And I'm, I'm going to tell you straight up. When you watch the World Series and you see that, that radar gun is inflated. It's, it's definitely hyped up. Oh, okay. I was going to ask you about that. I promise you. It's hyped, it's hyped up. Because <laughs> I went to a game. And, and, I'm, I, and I'm not taking anything away from those players. I'm, they're, they're still great players. Yeah. But I don't, I don't think that – I think players have a match. That they can hit. Well, that's not even. And a, also, that's not. That's not even. Also, that's not even a gun. Isn't it like computer generated uh, radar? They also have. They also have what they sit at. Okay. Like you know, in baseball, we always say this kid sits. Like one of my kids, he's um he got called up to Detroit Tigers. Um, baseball player. He's going to big league camp. He got he got called up to big camp. Big league camp. One of my kids. Uh, okay. Um, so you know he's he sits at ninety three. Right. But he tops he tops at ninety six. Gotcha. Yep. You know, so well, if, you sit, yeah. if you're sitting at something, that means you throw that all the time. Yeah, my guy, my guy's like, he hit 97, but he sits at like 91, 92. And that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like that, that's, so. And, and my picture, know. my picture, Jen Slanovic, she, she topped out at 68, but she's six at 65. And so I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when, when, sometimes, it, and as the game gets on, they get, they get a little tired. They slow down to three miles an hour. <laughs> <laughs> I see it happen. Yeah, so so from, from from a visual standpoint, I think that's that's you know that's the deal because it, because you can't measure it. I, I can't measure improvement. If I do vision training with somebody, yeah, um, and they get better, how do I know that's why they got better? Gotcha. You can't till well to, to the game situation. <laughs> it's, 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 it's way it's way too subjective. There's not there's no there's no no no. I, I, I can I, no. I'm a team. I incorporate vision training with my team this fall. We go out and hit the crap out of the ball in the spring. Right. Does that mean, how do I know that that's why we hit the crap out of the ball? Yeah, you don't know that that variable made a difference. You don't, you're not sure of that. I don't know. Right. I, 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 maybe, I, maybe it did. Right. Maybe it did, though. Right. But maybe it didn't. There's really I no, there's, there's no measurement for that. it. There's no measurement for it, it sounds like. So, and we talked about my dynamic visual acuity screen, and I have to show it to you one day when I see you. Oh, you do have uh, something now. How I know when that I got somebody better because I know what to do to get them better visually, and it's not only training the eyes. You know, I'm going to talk to you about that when I see you because I want to show you yeah. what uh, in well, my screen that I've kind of made up with everything, all the different things I've collected and gathered and learned from different disciplines and different sports. Okay. Um, which you, how I what, would you call it dynamic? Would you call it dynamic? Would you call it? I called it a dynamic visual acuity screen. Okay. And then from that screen, we're identifying the things and the movement patterns that affect vision. And then we address those issues nice. to support better to support better sports vision, specifically hitting. Okay. And track it. So tracking, pitch recognition, and um, is and it some, is it something wearable or something? Nah, nah. It's no technology at all. Okay. No, it's just, it's just a simple screen. Okay. <clears throat> nice. Yeah. <laughs> now, once once that once that uh, once they re- they recognize, then then you're just what do you do after that? So I think I think uh, if we're talking high level hitting, well, high level, yeah, yeah. If we're talking high level hitting, because it's a little different, 
you have you don't have as much time, but you have a lot of really good and you have a lot of really good movement. And you have a lot of good late movement. And if you start to watch how pitchers are training now and how pitchers are teaching now, pitching coaches are teaching to prepare those players to be able to get, you know, Pac-10, SEC, Big 12, Big 10, ACC hitters out. Right. It's a, it's a lot different and a lot harder to get those hitters out because they're just different types of hitters. These are big-time hitters. But these pitchers are also pretty big-time in terms of how – and these pitching coaches – are very good at one watching film, okay, and understanding how to go at certain hitters based on that film, and they're so they're very good at calling the game. Gotcha. Okay. And I think I think people underestimate film and game calling. Well, I had a <clears throat> I had a girl. She went to the SEC, and she goes, man. They found out I hate inside pitches, and that's all they threw. They attacked me, <laughs> and I said, "That's pretty smart of them, dude." And she, and, they, and, they, and, she, and she told my younger girls, "Like, <clears throat> whatever the pitch you're bad at, they're gonna figure that out. They're gonna attack you until you until you fix it." And so that's what probably you're probably talking about, probably. So for me, because of that, <clears throat> if I can if I can help a hitter to understand, we gotta develop a a swing that allows you to have the right body posture to create the most variability possible. Okay. Because if we have that variability, we're going to be able to pretty much barrel up high, low, inside, out, mm-hmm. you know, low and out, low and in, high and out, high and out. So you have a, you have, an, you have, you have an stance yeah. that, that they can hit attack all different, yeah, that, yeah, that, that, yeah, plans. that swing approach or that, that that swing approach or that body posture has to allow them to create the proper bat path. Okay. To be able to to be able to have adjustability on any of those, you know, types of types of different pitch locations and, and speeds and stuff. So what a lot a lot of pitching coaches are doing now is they're doing things like throwing the same pitch to the same spot, but like six miles an hour slower in that spot. Oh, okay. So there's like a whole, there's changing, a whole system. Changing, they're changing speeds and planes. There's a whole and... system now that they're using. Um, called it's called effective velocity. If anybody has a chance to go look it up, okay. It's called it's called effective velocity. Nice. Um, baseball's been doing it forever. Softball has been has been doing it for the last maybe like three or four years now that I know of, and probably people, the people who've been doing it before that. But I've known <laughs> softball to be doing it for the last. So right now, with my head is a big part of what I do is I got to make sure that their swings allow them to be able to adjust to be able to handle the effective velocity approach that pitchers are taking, huh. which is based on studies that say if there's this amount of, of speed off that same pitch, the eyes and the brain can't adjust in a back-to-back pitch. Huh, okay. Can't do it. Like, I'm going to get you to roll it over or be a little bit late based on the change in velocity, especially if it's within a certain amount of miles per hour in a specific location. Why? Because they have, all the, they have all the numbers that support the data. Okay. Wow. It's about six at miles an baseball, hour. At least, at, least, at least baseball does. Six mile an hour difference. I mean, whatever the difference is, I'm just, I'm just throwing six out there. <clears throat> well, could, well, for certain <clears throat> locations, it could be six. For certain locations, it could be eight. Okay. Now, now it change depends, it. What, depends that, on the, well, how do you? This how do you, is not a changeup. This is not a changeup. This, this is not a changeup. This is what they call like an off speed. Okay. Because it's still a hard. If I throw a seventy mile an hour fastball and then I throw a seven, and then I throw a sixty four mile an hour fastball, 
it's not a, that's not a changeup. Gotcha. Right. Because I like, just took off. I took off the amount of velocity where you can't tell that it's not seventy until it's too late. Okay. And then you're early on or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you, you, so you're you're early, but you're just early enough where I'm going to get that ground ball or that pop up. Okay. Or late enough if I if it's if it's a reverse. So it's, it's interesting. It's called effective velocity. And the guy who who created the concept or who developed the concept is a guy named Terry Husband. Okay. And he has a whole site dedicated to all that stuff. He, it's, it's pretty good. Wow. Okay. So so I have to I have to get my like, so I give you an example. I went down to an SEC school a couple of years ago to work with them and to help them to develop their, their technology. Talk and about that. Do you, now you, people don't realize <clears throat> you go to, to to big time schools and help them. To, so go into that a little bit. Yeah. So so I so I I'm, but I'm gonna tell you this, and then I go into that. I went down to a school and I got there early. Okay. To go set up all the tech and help them like set up the, set up the technology and stuff. So when I got there, the pitchers were already working out. The hitters hadn't gotten there yet. Okay. And the pitchers were working on. This is the first day of practice. This is like this is like a, 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 of the spring. This is right? the first day. This is this is January. Okay. It's the first day of practice. First day. Now just let me tell you uh, like <laughs> how how intense it was. <laughs> it, the pitchers were working on. They were working on having the same velo out of their hand. That it was going across home plate, huh? Because you know it's not the same. Yeah, how to, uh, yeah. Because I, I have my <clears throat> on my gun. I have a Stalker Two Sport Pro S. <clears throat> mm-hmm. It <clears throat> it tells you at the point of release and it and it drops off. There's two. It gives you two speeds. The point at the speed of the plate and speed of the release. So I know what you're talking about. Yep. And some people think that because they got clocked at this, the question becomes: Is that out of the hand or at the plate? And then, and then if, if there's a drop off at the plate, how much is that drop off? Yep, my gun does that. Yes, exactly. So you know that's that, I don't think that's something that everybody understands and knows. Now they, that being said, that's got to be hard to do. That because you know this is the physical environment. And, and, and they were also working on this is the first day of practice, but this is the first day of practice. <laughs> they they're not playing around. First day, they were also working on getting each pitch that moves to move at different parts of the. At the end of the zone. Okay. I know baseball's doing something now. They're calling it um, vertical approaching. Mm-hmm. VAA. So it's a new metric in baseball. Really? It's called VAA. Huh. And a lot of scouts are are really taking a hard look at VAA. Okay. And it's really basically the angle of the pitch, the vertical angle within the last maybe 10 feet to eight feet or, or six feet or whatever it is. How, what they measure? remember. What they got, track man? How are they measuring this? They're measuring it with track man and, and uh, we're pretty much track man. Okay, wow. <laughs> that's expensive. So, that, that's expensive piece of equipment. <laughs> I mean, but it gives you, I mean, it's, the people who need it, Yeah. They, they, obviously they recognize the value in it. Right, right, I right. Mean, right. I mean, if, if I'm a pitching coach that's working with like 15, 16 year olds, I probably don't need that. Okay. But when you get to a pro, you know you're pitching at Vanderbilt. You know you 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 know you're at some of these some of these high level baseball Florida, programs. Vanderbilt and, and Clemson and they have all that. They have all that stuff. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They do. My my buddy said he, the big team, the big teams got the track man. One of my kids, you know, he just he just decommitted. He decommitted from Clemson, mm-hmm. and he's committed to Alabama now. Okay. Uh, and he, the reason why he decommitted was because 
at the time that he was for baseball. Was Clemson baseball. They did not have the um his, his the coach did not have his contract renewed, so he decided that Alabama would be a better fit okay. because the coach had a new contract. But I'm projecting him to be top third, top three pick, top three uh, round drafted. Wow, kick and rake, man. Oh yeah, he can smoke it. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's 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 it. He's he's the real deal. So, um, and I was just talking to his grandfather the other day. I was like, "Look, if he gets drafted top three, he could buy his own college." Yep, yeah, pretty much. He's talking about co- college. Buy your own. I buy my own college. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <sighs> so, uh, but going back to to um, you know, when I go work with the college programs, you know, what I do, the first thing I do is I try to have a meeting with the coaches. Or coach now, and, did, or did they staff. contact you? You reach out to them. How do they find out about your services? Um, I, Are you just I been have, networking? And I, I, I have a lot of relationships with a lot of coaches. Okay, just relationships and like you, you help the people get recruited. You probably met them along the way, and yeah, it's, I, I remember I've been doing this for a long time. Yeah, how about twenty years? Uh, almost twenty five years. Okay, wow. Okay, as my as my only full time job. Gotcha. And um, so over those years, if you do anything for that long, you develop, not only do you develop contacts, you develop relationships. Okay. Where you watch people's kids grow up. It seems like, you know, you've been there for them and you consulted them when they're looking for new jobs and they call you for advice. And you, when people in their family died, you prayed with them and you've helped them to, you know, have real relationships with, with a lot of people. Yeah. It's not just a surface transactional relationship. Right. It's a real relationship. Like, I know them. I'm on your side. <laughs> I, know their, I, I may know their parents. I may know their family. I know their children. <laughs> but yeah. That's important to be a good coach. You have to develop relationships, too. So it's not, you know, sometimes it's, you know, I have people that I have transactional relationships with, but also I have people that, when I, you know, when I come in town, no, no, you stay, you, I, I stay at their house. Or, you know, I, I, I've been to their kids' birthday parties. I, I you know. It's just you know you have a relationship. So when I, when they, so when they know that I, I I bring something to the table or I can do something, and they trust me with their team, that that that's big. That's important. Yeah. The fact that you trust me with your team, and I I, can, I don't take that lightly. So the, the next step would be once you you ask me one do I if you didn't know I did that, or you heard I did that. Well, how can I how can I how can I how can I help your team take advantage of that? The first team that ever brought me in, the first college program that ever brought me in was University of Florida. Tim wow. Martin. When he first got the job in Florida, really, and and I did um, I did um, a vision a visual mechanics vision training program with him. Okay, and we and then we um, we did some classroom stuff, and then we did some stuff in the cages that reinforced what we did in the classroom. That was the first one I've ever done ever. Um, and then I think the second one I ever did was uh, I went to Stanford. This was when uh, John Rittman, who is now at Clemson, was the head coach at Stanford. Went out to Stanford and did some vision training over there. We just again did classroom and we did a little bit of some stuff in the cages. And then I did on the same trip, I also worked with Pacific University with, Brian, with Coach Brian Colsey over at Pacific University. Hmm. Uh, same thing. We did some vision and we did some some uh, but this was back when you were able to do that. Because remember, I don't know if you know this or not, but the rules changed after that where you were not allowed to bring in people 
unless it was only going to do fashion. It was like really, really, um, uh, it was kind of strict. They were really strict about it because the schools with the bigger budgets had them had, had the most of the advantage. Okay. Gotcha. And I guess they were trying to, they were trying to not give them so much of an advantage because they could afford to like go in their budget and bring somebody in. Gotcha. So then it became like, I, there became like, I can come in, but I have to observe. Okay. And then I can then I can consult the staff on what I observe, but I can't work with the kids. You can't hands on no more. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's, it's all these different types of things that are going on in rule stuff. But I applaud the coaches who are who are um, confident enough in themselves and secure enough with in themselves to to actually bring in people to move their program forward. My dad said, "If you don't know something." Or Biggie Small said that in New York City. You better ask somebody. <laughs> <laughs> you better ask somebody. And I think I think a lot of winning coaches, that's the formula. Mm-hmm. And the people who continually don't get it done, they're just so insecure. Dude, yeah. Just get on the phone with some people and like get some ideas. Every year you have a new hitting model. Like, what is that? <laughs> buy into something. You want your kids to buy in, but you haven't you won't you don't buy into anything. Can you just you, you can watch TV and, and year after year you can see if they their philosophy stays the same or you can you can you can see it you can, you or, can they, see or it. they don't even have one or oh, what's going on <laughs> and it, it becomes confusing for the players because okay. they they want something they want to know what to expect when they show up to spring training every year gotcha like here's what we're gonna be doing every year I came here there's something different going on mm. how do how do I how do I get, build on it you should be you should have one thing you're doing. And that thing should evolve. So they're, they're stuck in perpetual, perpetual. Um, they're trying to. They're just trying to cycle through trial and error, perpetual trial and error. Good luck. <laughs> it's the same. It's the same team that can't hit every yeah. year and every year and year out. I bet. And they, and, they bring, and they brought those kids in. Those kids can hit when they brought them in. Oh, now all of a sudden they can't hit. <laughs> oh. or, or is it is it is it because of that or is it because the level of talent of pitching they're seeing is too great and they can't other people are hitting other teams are hitting gotcha okay <laughs> <laughs> but, it's not like nobody's hitting right everybody else it's the same people that hit every year yeah yeah what are those teams that hit let's put it let's let's bring that out <laughs> well, you know that you think I mean, you're like, doing a good job let me just say this. I'm, I'm just gonna say this. You probably can't I, say I, it. I'm just, I'm not, I can't. I, I, I can't. I'm not, I'm not running from there. I, I can say it because I mean, you, don't, you don't need me to tell you. All you gotta do is go look, go, go online. Well, I know. I know for sure Oklahoma can hit. Can that's look, what, that's look, one look thing. At, <laughs> look at the stats. Go click stats. Yeah. Stats will show you. You'll see stats. Okay. Some people don't even put their. Some people won't even put their stats up. I, I'd but say that's another. I'd say Oklahoma. That's another story. Oh, <laughs> what in college? <laughs> I swear, God, there's some people whose stats are not, you cannot find them. That, 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 that's crazy. That's another story. Um, I'm not going to get into that. But there are people who don't tell you put that. <laughs> but anyway. I know, um, I know Oklahoma, UCLA, them teams hit. They hit, but I, I'm going to say one thing. And I'm making a projection right now. Uh-huh. This is something that I've been watching. And I, I hope I'm wrong. Trust me, I hope I'm wrong. Yeah. But I'm not. You're going to see more no hitters, and you might even see more perfect games than we've ever seen this spring and maybe next spring. Huh. 
And the reason the reason for this is going to be the um, what is it called the uh, boy the the on base you okay system that a lot of coaches have blindly implemented into their programs uh-huh. is going to make it so much easier for pitching coaches to be able to call pitches against all those players who are doing the identical swing. That's one reason. The second reason is because you recruited athletes who can already hit. You brought them in and now you're putting them into a system which is going to which is going to uh, deaden or desensitize their hitting instincts. Huh. And you mark my words. And and that you, and you can take that sound bite too. You can you can use that when 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 you see all these no hitters. <laughs> I guarantee it. I'm guaranteeing this. There's going to be a lot more no hitters. Wow. Ba- baseball too, right? Baseball for sure. I, I I don't think baseball has done that. I don't think baseball has taken on base you to the level that softball people have done it. What's the, remember, so, what, what's softball a, is a copycat. Listen, softball is a copycat sport. Okay. Baseball is a lot more innovative. So they they can look they, they can go to on base you take a little bit of it take the they'll take the they'll take the the um, they'll eat the meat, spit out the bones. What's on? What's on Beijing? Uh, uh, what is? Was that technology? No, it's, it's it's the golf people from TPI. Okay, you've heard of TPI, Tyler's Performance Institute. Yeah, it's the TPI certification. Yeah, they took the TPI certification program, which was freaking excellent, by the way. Okay, um, and on Beijing was excellent, but I don't think all of that stuff, at least especially on the hitting side of it can be 100% implemented into your program. Gotcha. And I know that I know that a lot of people are doing that. So a lot of people are not. A lot of people aren't, too. It sounds like the golf technology is seeping into the baseball. And it's, it's not technology. It's, 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 it's the screen process, and then it's, it's the... Um, it, it, they give you, like, the screen characteristics, and they say, okay, here's what you do to fix this. Okay. And you got, they got to move like this. It's a whole system of, like, move, move, it, move it system. Okay. But it's not, it's not a technology. Okay. But it's a screen. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a FMS. It's like an FMS for okay. pictures. I got you now. Got you. Got Pretty you. much. Got you. So, so what I'm afraid of is that you're going to have a whole generation or a whole team or a whole lineup of kids like trying to do this when they were pretty much already doing it. And here's the other part about it: softball. Softball's yeah. different than baseball. Softball's different than baseball. It's right. a short fence. Right. It's 200 feet. If you watch the World Series, those were not even good swings last year. But you know what they were? Yeah. They were bat pat. They had the right bat pads, and they were hitting hard in the air, and those balls were launching over the fence. They were hitting line drive. They were hitting, like, balls eight feet off the ground, <laughs> oh, 200 and something feet. Do you think the field – I almost think the, the girls are so athletic and powerful now, the, field, the fence is too short. It's always been too short, <laughs> especially it is now. So that's, that's what I'm saying. That's why you don't have to do all that. But but the, but, the, but the fans love it. They I, I love think, they love the think, long ball. So they're like, we cool with it, you know. On the development side, I'm realizing more and more, Brandon, that it doesn't take all that, dude. It doesn't right. take all that we're doing. It's too much feet. Go into that, like so, like uh, uh, I on the strength and conditioning side is I want that bat speed. But the reason I want that bat speed is so you can be more accurate with a slower swing, and that ball and and it's physics. Yeah, the faster, so, and, but the faster the ball is coming in. The, the slower you have to swing to get to go out. 
Absolutely. Well, so 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 last night, um, I'm trying to think. Was it? Was it? Um, I'm trying to think. Um, I was trying to think. Who was it? Um, I can't remember who it was, but she took a lower swing. So we were in the, we were in the, we were using Rapsodo last night. Okay. And I had some hitters that because I had Rapsodo out, and for those who don't know, Rapsodo is a device, it's a launch monitor created by a golf company that they've also made to track the movement of the pitch, of the pitch, home pitch, and track the movement of a batted ball. Okay. So we had Rapsodo out last night, and because I had it out, some hitters were changing what they normally would do because they wanted to try to get high numbers, right? Okay. And I was trying to show them, the harder you try, look at your numbers. They're not good. Yeah, you swung harder and you hit it harder, but your spin, your spin direction and your spin rate, okay. which equals your, all of your spin efficiency, is really bad. Gotcha. Because that, that's an indication of bad, horrible bat path. And horrible bat path is an indication of a lot of bad direction with the body. Mm. And that's, that's what happens when we swing too hard. So now let's go back to being more fluid and swinging at 85%. And watch how your exit velo goes up. And what happens? They go to 85%. Mm-hmm. It's an easy swing. Exit velo goes up. Spin rate goes to where it needs to be, and then spin direction goes to where it needs to be. Now we're good. Gotcha. So it's not about all these high numbers because that's not real. That's not your game swing. Right. Because that's your game swing. You're on. Because that's your game swing. You're on a bench. Right. Because the ball's moving so much. You can't. You, you got it. It's hard right, to. That, right. That can't be your. There's no way you could. So it's really about Brandon. It's really about not how hard you can swing it, bat speed wise, or exit velocity, or exit velocity wise. It's really about what can I control. Gotcha. If I can, if, if I can, if my capacity to swing is high, a hundred miles an hour. If, if, if I have the capacity to do that, great. Now that means I can swing less and still be hitting it hard, right? That's capacity. And, and the speed bro, you call that speed reserve. You, if you're fast, you can operate at a slower speed and be more efficient. Yeah, right. We want efficiency. Yeah. So that that whole Sado thing is real. So Sado is um. The speed accuracy trade-off. Gotcha. Okay. And it, it, that's a real thing. Like you, you, we're not we're not out here trying to like overdo anything, mm-hmm. but we want to be. You, you should be able to hit a ball hard and swing a bat fast with less effort. Gotcha. Okay. And, and those and that was the big thing that we were doing with our girl. Like I, that's the main thing. That, and she got so much better. So that rap soda, you they can see it. They see the numbers. Athletes like athletes like athletes like to see the numbers. They can make changes. Uh, I don't know if they need to see it. I, I think I need to see it. Okay. I don't know if everybody needs to see it. Gotcha. Everybody's different. You know, like sometimes like, I don't want them to see it. Like, I don't really need to know. <laughs> well, actually, it was messing them up. You said they saw it. <laughs> they trying to chase these high numbers. <laughs> you know? They try to chase these numbers. They, they, got, they got flawed. Like, they, they think that if they can post on social media that they have this high exit velo, yeah. somebody's going to like them. But coaches ain't stupid. Coaches know that that ain't real. <laughs> Oh, but the, but the exit velo I'm talking about? It ain't real. It's not real. Because most of the time, people do it on T. That's definitely not going to be real. 
Yeah. Well, that's slower because the ball's not coming in, correct? The faster the ball comes um, in, the faster the well, yeah. exit velocity. Well, yeah. Well, well yeah. I mean, yeah. And again, teamwork is. If I want to get a max number of what a kid's capacity is. Basically, they're they're basically when that they send that exit they're just seeing what capacity they have. Basically, sounds on like, a T. Yeah, yeah, on a T. Yeah, yeah. just capacity. But you know, I, I, the ideal situation would be to have them do to get those numbers, bat speed, and exit velo to get those numbers in game. Yeah, yeah, that would be ideal in game. Yep. Which that's what you I know. thought. That's what I thought. Which I can do that. I have the capability to do that. Machine, you know, live hitting. I mean, that's that's. Now you're talking, okay, let's, now we're going to see what you, what, you, what you really got going on. Okay. You know? What, is this true? I heard this, uh, a machine may, may break your bat if you do too much machine work. Is that true or no? No. Okay. I, I never heard that before. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of these, I mean, this is a myth. This is like, it's like an urban myth or something. I've, I've heard that a lot. But yeah, you almost you need to you need to be in a machine to get the to get accurate. You know, you can reaction time. I, I think machine is good because it helps them to see speed. Uh-huh. I personally don't use machine. Okay, a lot of my baseball players they don't they don't like machines for some reason. <laughs> um, they like to see the arm but I, do, I, I do like the machine because it gives you the speed, and you don't always have an arm available. Gotcha. Do you, but there are things you can do when you feed the machine that can help the timing, that can simulate an arm. Do you do machines that do random pitch selections? I don't, I don't do machine. Okay, that's right. You don't, don't say you don't do machine. <laughs> <laughs> but but, but, um, I, but I always tell people, I'm not against it. Uh-huh. What I do is not about, like, if you can't already time a pitch, that, that's the problem you got to go work out. That's not what I do. Okay. Like if it, it, you can't translate what we're doing in front toss to a higher, faster speed, and by the way, just so you know, when I do front toss, uh-huh. I'm always like 10, 12 feet away. Okay. And I'm throwing it hard. To simulate a faster speed, right? Yeah, they, they don't have a whole lot of time to dilly dally around. Like I, I've got them. It's 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 very. I'm creating some real good in-game context. Okay. So you're creating, you put him in a high pressure situation with that with that L screen up real close. Um, it's close, and you're not going to be able to get, be real long. So, and I, this is what I've been. This is I've never done it. I've never done it any other way. I mean, I I, I would probably, you know, I, I encourage I encourage it though. I do encourage machine like go out, go out, go get a gauge, go you know, go get some machine working. We're just not doing that here. Listen to this. That's one, not what I. That's one, not what I do. One of my best hitters. Uh, Serena Smith, she was a she could hit anything, uh, high, low, rise, unsight. She, but this is what she did: she went to a baseball cage, turned it to seventy, uh, was it seventy, maybe seventy-five, and she hit baseballs. And I think that helped her out because she was and she stepped closer to the machine, so it was probably eighty. And mm-hmm. she was hitting a baseball with the small enough softball. So she, when she got to the game, and she swung with a twenty-six ounce bat. And and once you got to the game with a small rounds bat, it was like a cakewalk. I said I thought that that really helped her out. I thought I said that makes sense. She's hitting, she's 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 practicing on a, on a faster object and a smaller object, and she got to the game and, and she's hitting slower a slower bigger object. It's it's it's, it's a, it was a, it was a cakewalk for her. <laughs> and the girl was four feet. Yeah, she was four feet ten. She was she mm-hmm. was tiny. Power hitter, now. Mm-hmm. power hitter. <laughs> 
You know, you know, it's funny too. Um, there are a lot of similarities between the baseball swing and the softball swing. Yes, go into that because people think it's different. <laughs> <laughs> there, there are there are a lot of similarities. The only, the only thing um, different is the ball is coming from a, a mound down, and the, the, the and it's probably flatter with foot and softball. There's a lot of a lot of similarities, but there's a lot of things that are also different in the approach part of it. Like, and, and I'm gonna tell you this, and, I, and this is what I'm getting ready to say is gonna blow some people away. Okay, <laughs> I, well, I said I want blow people's minds, like you do. <laughs> okay, so you know, based, so when, when you when, so a lot, the one of the big problems that we're seeing now, okay, is that a lot of the softball world, because there isn't a whole lot of content being made by softball people that are, that's addressing um, the role of technology and these assessments that are going on and the, and the swings, right? Okay. So a lot of softball people have adopted baseball philosophies and some of these philosophies are working against softball in this way. Okay. So here it is. So a lot of the baseball swings and a lot of baseball teaching, a lot of baseball philosophy surrounds the metrics. So if the metrics tell us this, these are the type of swings we have to develop because these are the metrics that help ball clubs win games at the professional level. Okay. So one thing about baseball is there is a true hierarchy. There's no wild cowboys out there running around doing their own thing. <laughs> Major League Baseball sets the standard everything is rated on a scale of 20 to 80 80 being the best 20 being the least okay right and every assessment falls into a category between somewhere between 20 and 80 and in a major league uh scouting scale okay so there's a scale so that that's a, so that's the that's the standard okay everything else every organization follows that same standard all throughout the sport of baseball it okay. doesn't change anywhere. There's no wild, wild west going on. <laughs> the problem with softball, there is no standard. There is no hierarchy. Everybody's doing their own thing. Everybody's out to get each other. You know, um, you got PGF, you got Alliance, which are the two top you know, recruiting platforms out there that you know that I, that I can think of. Mm -hmm. And those people are not in. They're they're, they're not. In unity, there's no unity. There's no unity there. It's just wild, wild west. Mm. So what happens is now. What happens now is because there's no hierarchy. There's really no true standard of how college softball would have it because there there really is no pro softball. There's no real true pro softball. Gotcha. There's there's there, there are pro softball players that are getting making money. But it's not an organized league. Mm -hmm. uh, with, with, you know, there's there are people who are good who aren't even playing. <laughs> in baseball, if you're good, you're playing somewhere. Right. I'm hoping that softball we get to that and evolve to that eventually sometime. That that model. But right now, that's not where it is. Well, so the college is. And, 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 and hopefully, is the so, so right now, yeah, so right now is right now. You're right. So right now. I wouldn't even say power four, power five. I would say power three. <laughs> right, right now, power three is is the, is that's 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 professional for a lot of these high school kids. Gotcha. I needed to a power three. I needed to the big Pac twelve, SEC, 
Big 12? Yeah. <laughs> and and, and, and this, in those other conferences that I didn't mention, that's, that they're, they're power five in football. Mm-hmm. This is a lot. Of, this is this is not enough. This is not a lot of parity, right? Throughout the conference, got, this is not. I know what you mean. You got one. You got one, you got one or two teams. The big that, Big Ten's kind of watered down, and ACC is a little watered down. It, once upon a time, you know, you had Michigan. Yeah, yeah, you, you know, Northwestern was competitive. Minnesota. It's pretty good. Uh, they, they had a couple. They had a couple of good runs. <laughs> a couple, right? <clears throat> you know, but it's it's all about it's all based on pitching, right? So back to baseball, softball. So like, so softball is it, you know has can't adapt that swing model that baseball has because of what you said. Baseball pitches are thrown from an elevated mound mm-hmm. overhand with a with a negative trajectory, meaning a downward trajectory, mm-hmm. right? So the natural, if you're going to be on plane, you're naturally going to have more swings that are up. on a positive trajectory yep. and on their way up, right? So that model is super, super, super enhanced or super, super uh, exaggerated. It can't work for softball because softball has a rise ball. Gotcha. Hello, there's a rise ball. <laughs> and if, and, if <laughs> and granted, there aren't that many really good rise balls, to be honest. Like, people say, oh, that's a rise ball. It's really a fastball. We'll get back to that. <laughs> but, but the rise ball, you got to respect the rise ball. I'm talking high level now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's high level. We're talking about the high level. Not high school, not, high, not even college. We're talking about like, there's probably eight people in the entire country that actually have a ball that actually rises, meaning that it comes in straight and it literally changes its plane the sky- and goes up. Oh, this, that, Maybe oh, that little? Eight. That little? And I'm tell, this is not me. Talk, this is this is what college coaches tell me. Okay. SEC college coaches will tell you. No, that's that's a high fastball. It's just staying on plane longer, so it looks like it's rising to the hitter, but it's not. Oh, okay. They'll tell you. Okay. So when I went and worked with some professional uh, softball teams, that was a, that was a, a combination of different Olympians from different played on different Olympic teams mm-hmm. all over the world. Uh, obviously, former college of Americans, pro athletes, da da da, and I got the numbers. I got the diamond kinetics attack angle numbers from these girls. Okay. And a lot of them were flat. What, what they, they? I'm sorry. A lot of those swings would be what baseball would consider to be flat. Okay. And some of them, I'm talking about like a either like either like a negative one, negative two, all the way up to like maybe positive five or six. Okay. Which is relatively flat in terms of a in terms of attack angle. Okay. But that's where the pros are because of the rise ball. Because if it gets too steep, I'm missing underneath the rise ball. Okay. I'm swinging up at a ball that's moving up. Can't do that. Gotcha. You're gonna foul it back. You're gonna miss it. If you touch it, you're gonna foul it back. Mm-hmm. So when I found that out, I was like, oh okay. Because a lot of softball people are not teaching that. They're teaching what baseball teaches in softball, and softball is not baseball in that regard. Okay. It's different. So we have to understand the differences, and we have to understand why we just can't just uh, – because softball is not women's baseball. There is a women's baseball, by the way. Right, right, right. It, that exists. Yeah. <laughs> it's, called, it's called women's baseball. Right. And they play baseball. Right. And they're women. Right. 
this is softball. It's very different. And <laughs> in, in, in the intricacy, when you get to the higher level, are different. Although at the lower levels, there's so many similarities that, that can be similar. Like, you know, so I'm careful. I'm very careful. And it took me a while to understand that because I came to softball as a baseball guy. And I was just successful because baseball was just a little bit further along in terms of what we were teaching and what, and what softball was teaching when I came over. Gotcha. But softball's, softball coaches right now are like, they got some really great, brilliant minds Okay. in the game of softball right now. Uh, okay. That 20 years ago, that wasn't the case. It was a very few. You know, it was, it was, it was, it was very few. There was no internet. There was, the information was not really getting out like that. There was like a few people that knew that knew, and everybody else didn't know. Okay. And therefore, you had like UCLA and Arizona was like Lakers Celtics. <laughs> nah, really, it was it was Lakers. It was Lakers. It was great Celtics. It was great. Yeah. But it was literally it was Lakers Celtics. It was Lakers, it was Lakers Celtics, man. You, you knew who was going to be in the World Series, you know, and <laughs> it was great. <laughs> and, and no one else can touch them too. But it was it, it was also knowledge based, you know. Mike Andrea and Sue Quest were great coaches, but their knowledge base was also extensive. Gotcha. They just knew their stuff. Huh. And then when they started to share their stuff, that's when softball began to grow in terms of, you know. People knew knew how to teach it better, and, and it became grew, grew the game. You didn't have to be a baseball guy coming to softball. You could be, you could be a softball person coming from softball and, and do it. You didn't have to be a baseball guy. You know? Huh. My but my, so my, I'm, my I'm, I'm, I'm proud. My, my baseball guy, he says, Miller. He, <laughs> I call him the professor. He says he could, you got to yeah. stay in plane and lift at the last second, upward. For, for what? For to, to, to hit home runs. And what? Baseball? This is baseball now. Yeah, so I, I think, you know, that, that's a general Stay term. in plane and lift at the last Stay second. Stay on plane, yeah. Oh, and, and that, the lift at the last second thing would be a feel because you don't know where the pitch was. Like, so right. that, that's a statement that you could make, but then if, if there's nine spots in the strike zone, yeah, like, like a tic-tac-toe board, the answer to that question it's different for all nine spots. Right. And that's what, yep, that makes sense. So that's what makes it hard. If this was golf, there is no nine spots. There's one spot. There's one spot. The ball's not moving. Which goes back to my point about the on-base use stuff. You're taking cues from people who have perfected and mastered the art and science. Let's talk about that too. Why is both art and science? Uh-huh. Or is it? Who have perfected the art and science of hitting a ball that's not moving. But, but in baseball and softball, we have variability. Huge variability. Yeah. <laughs> uh, are we going too long? We good? No, no, we good. Yeah, we good. Go, I, we good. I, I, I can go forever. We good. We do. We good. I want this to be, you know, long. <laughs> I want to be. I want to be fruitful of information. <laughs> I want to make sure we. I want to make sure we just two guys talking to talking the game and, and. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I, I, I'm just giving you like my experience and, and what I. What I feel now about about things that I've seen and things about that I've done. Absolutely. Now here's here's the thing. Let's go into the swing a little bit and and how and so what about like a a anti rotation a a wind up in the swing? Do some people some people they have a little let's let's baseball now. Miller said some people are too busy before they swing. Their wind up is too busy. 
And then so what he did, because once the balls were coming in faster, he had a, he had a less of a windup or anti-rotation. Because he had to, because so, the ball was coming so, in faster. What do you think about that? So, so, so I'll call, let's call, I'll call that counter-rotation. Counter-rotation, right? okay. When I hear it goes in the counter-rotation. So it's funny because everybody has a different trigger. Right. So I try not to, like, here's my thing, right? So, so a guy came to me, uh, where was I? I was in Binghamton last week, last weekend. And a guy comes to me, hey, can you take a look at my daughter? Like, she has this thing with her hands. Because I'm trying to get her out of it. And I looked at her. She had like a little hitch. So she was dropping her hands and bringing them back up. Okay. But she got them back up in time. So why is that a problem? That, that's, her, that's her trigger. That's her timing mechanism. The, the question is... If, 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 if she's doing that and she can't do it and she sucks and that's the reason why she sucks, then we got to change that. But if she's crushing and that's her trigger or her timing mechanism, Eric Davis did it. Don Strawberry did it. Those were their timing mechanisms. Okay. Gary Sheffield had the biggest... He had to be at all that stuff going on with his back when Gary Sheffield hit. Okay. But that was his timing. That was his time. That was his personal timing mechanism. Gotcha. I had a girl um, that I had the luxury of coaching who was one of the best I've ever been around. Her name is Lauren Gibson. She played at Tennessee. She won the SEC Player of the Year, I think, in 2013 or 2014. Okay. She won the SEC Player of the Year one year. She had this little twirl thing going on with her back. She would twirl it. And people who know uh, no, Lauren, know what I'm talking about. She had this little, like, little twirl thing going on. It's cute, but she and she's little and she crushed. But that was her thing. She needed to do that. Okay. Does everybody, should everybody? Can everybody do that? No, because everybody that would be a problem for a lot of people. Okay. So I think it's there has to be some level of individuality because as hitting coaches, yeah, we got the, I got things that I hate, Brandon. Yeah. I'm like, damn, I hate that you do that, <laughs> but you're so freaking good at it though. So I'm like, I gotta leave it alone. So you have a don't. If, 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 if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But if it ain't broke, yeah, right. But if it's, but it's just, if I feel like I had a girl last night who has an open stance. Oh my god, open stances. Well, go, go into so that. Open open stance. We'll talk stances too. So open stances. Like I want to say this. I, I, I was I was gonna tweet this this morning, but I ran out of time. I didn't get a chance to tweet this. <laughs> if you have an open stance, and everybody in the, in the, on the podcast always listening to Jeffrey. Yeah. If you have an open stance, but you don't have the ability to get your foot back to where it needs to be on time, okay. or if you don't have the coordination to get your foot where it needs to be, back to where it needs to be on time, then you can't have an open stance. Gotcha. Okay. I, 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 got, I got a girl that has her foot is way open, and she lifts it and brings it in, and it's time, she times it out well. But I don't think and if you can that. do that, great. Yeah. But if you can't do that, then you can't do that. Right. <laughs> the trap is people try to teach the same thing to all their lineup. I think. Like you gotta, let, you gotta give. I think you gotta give hitters the the the, uh, the freedom to explore different things. Which I love that, by the way. I love giving my hitters the the freedom to find it, find your find your thing. Okay. Right. Yeah. And then, but then I got to measure it too. Gotcha. <laughs> I want to see is it is it helping or is it hurting in some way something that I can't see. Is I'm it, looking at sequencing. I'm, I want to look at sequencing. So I look at max acceleration on the on dynamic for sequencing. Okay. Because if you're accelerating really really well, that means you're sequencing really well. Okay. 
You is that what is what is that is that one of the most important metrics you use? So my my top my go to four metrics. Yeah, what are your what are your top four? When 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 I'm when I'm on dynakinetics, when I'm just measuring the back. Uh huh. Or back speed. Okay. Max acceleration. Okay. Vertical bat angle. That's like, is, that, a, is that the launch angle? No, it's vertical. I, 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 can go, I can go into that a little bit. Okay. So the launch angle is what the ball does after you hit it. Okay. So a ball can go down. That would be a negative launch angle. Okay. It can go up. That would be a positive launch angle. Okay. So the launch angle is not the swing. People think it's the swing. It's not. Okay. Gotcha. It's, it, the launch angle is the angle that the ball took. After. It's the launch, it's the launch of the ball post-contact. Okay. And that could, it could be negative or positive, you know, on any kind of swing, depending upon what part of the ball you hit. Okay. That makes sense. I mean, obviously, we don't, I don't think we would ever want a, a negative launch angle. We, don't, we, we want to hit a ground ball on purpose. I like that. You, you, what do you say about ground balls? You, you don't want, you want, you don't, you don't want, the, you want them out. <laughs> I mean, the, the defense has gotten so good. Like, this, first of all, the infield is a smaller space. Well, yeah, we got five people climbing it. The girls are so much like, faster. Why are we hitting on the ground? They're faster too. Like, I, I don't know why you would hit on the ground. I don't. I don't know. I, people. People want it on the ground though. I, I don't get it. But so there's teams. There's teams out there that want it on the ground. <laughs> I got. I got a kid. Well, what about line drives? What about what about what about what think about that? Like hitting the gap line drive. It's a softball field, Brandon. Yeah, it is small. You're it's right. two hundred feet. Right. <laughs> You're right. You're right. Why, 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 why do I want four singles? I got, I need four singles to score. Right. If you play a real softball, you ain't getting no four singles in the inning. Right. Because the, the pitch is too good and the defense is too good. That's what I'm saying. Like you got, you, you, you well, get me started. Now I, I've seen, I've seen. I'm getting ready to go off right now. Hey, go, hey, go off. I t- I'm trying to contain myself right now on your podcast. <laughs> I'm trying to behave myself. <laughs> no, but this is what but people need to hear. This. this is like I feel the same way. It's like, why would you want the ball on the ground? You, here's what I'm. Here's what I'm gonna say. Do what you gotta do. Yeah. But you ain't winning. <laughs> you know the ground. <laughs> right. That's all I gotta say. You do what you gotta do. You, you probably can't get that good enough hitters with that much speed, and 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 that much good hand eye coordination. You know, just nickel and dime people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, like, you 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 get you get three singles, you got bases loaded, right? Right. I get a walk and a double. I can score, right? I can score from first on a double, right? Next batter, home run. I got three with two hits, right? I'm winning three nothing with two hits. You got three singles and you ain't scored yet. Yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> just just saying. <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> yes, I, yeah, I, I want to. But my, my deal too. Speed is king. I want some of these girls are so slow. They should actually be doubles, but they're, they're just, they're singles. They can't get to the first base. They can't, they get the second base that fast. So that's another factor. How fast can they get the ball in play before the fielder can pick it up? And how much time does it take them to, to relay it back to first or second? That's, that's that's what we're trying to create with speed. You know what it is? I, I'm going to tell you this. If you ever go to the World Series, you should go one year. Oh, yeah. I, I'd love to do um, that. Go to Oklahoma City one year, and you'll, well, you'll find out 
and seeing the game at that level is very different than seeing the game at any other level. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Because postseason, it's literally the best eight pitching staffs in the country. That's what it is. Right. You can slice it up any way you want to slice it up. <laughs> the, the Women's College World Series is, without a doubt, the best eight pitching staffs. Because, and I'm, I'm going somewhere, but I, I want to I I derail for a second. Yeah. And I'm going to say this. Yeah. I'm going to say this. Um, the East Coast showcase pitching model Let me, let me go back. I want to make sure I say this right. <laughs> yeah, 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 I'm right. I'm, I'm, I'm saying it right. The East Coast showcase pitching model is let's get, let's get a lot of teams in these showcases at a really, really high amount of money. Okay. Let's shorten the games so that we can have more teams and everybody can play more games. Okay. So it's, t- it's technically an hour and 10 minute drop dead. Gotcha. Game's over. So, how many innings are those pitchers pitching in, a, in an hour and 10 drop, drop dead? Three, four? What is that? Probably three or four innings. Yeah, three or four. <laughs> so now, let's go back to what it takes to win. A college world series. What does it take? You got to win tournaments, and every game is seven innings. Yeah, gotcha. So regionals. Now let's go back to conference tournament. Conference tournament. Conference championship tournament. Regional play. Tournament. Super regional. Best of three series. That happens in two days, by the way. Mm-hmm. And then World Series tournament. Mm. So if you've never done that your entire high school career, that doesn't prepare you for my team who wants to win a college World Series. You're not mentally prepared, nor are you physically prepared. Mm. To pitch seven innings, five, six innings, and whatever whatever it is. You have never you, you, you're all you, you once you got thirteen, you you've hour you've been hour and drop hour and ten drop dead your whole career basically, uh, okay. except for except for national. They might not be conditioned to make make that long. It's tough. You're not mentally or physically conditioned for it. Mm-hmm. So I'm a World Series caliber team. I can't. I, yeah, I love you, but I can't take you. <laughs> so that's the East. That showcase model. You're great. That showcase model. You're you're great. Your, your program has made a lot of people some real money in the in these showcases. Mm. But it didn't do you any good because I can't take you because I'm not taking that chance on you. Gotcha. Th- that's a college coach's mentality. They're thinking, their thoughts. If you want to win a World Series. Gotcha. Okay. Some people, those World Series are bust. Yeah. You know those top teams. They, they, they're going. You, know, they, you, you, you could put them, you, you, you could write their name. You could write them down right now in an envelope. Yep. You can write those teams. You can write down 10 teams in the, and put it in an envelope right now and seal it. I guarantee you, eight of them are going to be in the World Series. Right. You can do it right now. Throw Florida State in that, in that mix. 
It's the same people. <laughs> is that an accident? It's not an accident. <laughs> they got a system. They got a system. <laughs> yep. Do do now? Do you? Um, how do you do that when they when they line up the bat? They have their stance. Do you change it? Do you do what is natural to them? Close stance, open stance. Is it baseball different? Softball different? Do you mess with the stance? So when I go places and work with a lot of teams, uh-huh. the thing that I find the most is that a lot of hitters are not athletic in their setup. Oh, okay. And I think that's so important because we're setting ourselves up to either be connected to one, the ground, for, to, to get more ground force, and two, in a position where our body is, is crazy athletic. So many girls and guys are standing straight up tall when they should be more like, maybe I will say like more hip hinge. Okay, hip hinge. Okay. I, so I, I think more, of, I, I'll make it simple for the people that are in the, in the audience. If you look like you're playing defense in basketball, or you're about to receive a to receive a serve in tennis. Okay. You're in a good you're in a good place body wise. To, in, in terms of your setup. Gotcha. Okay. But if you don't look like that, I'm hoping that you're going to at least get there. So you see, some people are, they're just standing too tall. Yeah, they're not athletic. <laughs> Like I'm saying, how you, I'm, I'm like so. Wait, hitting so because if I say if I tell the same kid that's standing tall, hey, play defensive basketball. So which one are you going to be? And they go into that. Oh, so you're an athlete right now, right? Like yeah. So when you hit, you weren't an athlete. So hitting requires no athleticism. Is that why you say you like people to play basketball too? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> basketball, like. like if you go look on every website of every really good softball player, uh-huh. and you look at their, bio, you read their bio, yeah, I would say a good 90 percent of them play basketball. Huh. Interesting. It's, it's it, softball's not really, it's not really an athletic sport. I hate to break it to you guys. <laughs> That's true. It's not. You can get away with a lot of things. Basketball. Somewhat. Softball's very skilled. You got to be very skilled. <laughs> But the best athletes, when they bring that athleticism to softball, when a, when a basketball player or a soccer player, even a hockey player, yeah. brings that level of athleticism over to the softball field, and you add skill to that, they're gonna they're gonna mop the floor with everybody else. I mean, like Serena and that, that Corinne girl, they played basketball. They were them, dude, They were sweet on their dude, feet. <laughs> dude, dude, this lights out. Doing, doing, and, then, and when I when I tell my kids, Brandon, I'm like, yo, you should you guys should play basketball. What are you doing in the offseason? I'm just focusing on softball. I'm like, they don't, they, like, they don't, they don't. Here's the thing. Here's the problem too. They think they have to join a varsity team. They could just go out in the and the and they can play rec basketball. Play rec. Nobody, nobody's saying go play. Nobody's saying right. Go play varsity on your on your team that's ranked in the country. Oh, but I suck in basketball. Right. I didn't ask you to be good at it. I asked you to go play. <laughs> right. 
I never go out there and suck at it. Just play it. I never have some fun and play it. I wasn't on a team, but I always played pickup all the time. I play. I did track Dude, and football. Just, I just I, I played shit. a lot. <laughs> but people think, people think they got to go on a team, a varsity team, and commit. No, no, thirty no. hours a week. That's that's a mistake. No. Play some one on one in the backyard with your with your cousins and your uncles and your brothers and your sisters and everybody. Right. Like go go play some three on three with your friends. Like go down to the court. I, I, nobody does that anymore. But <laughs> <laughs> you're right. That's a problem. Nobody does it. Nobody does that anymore. But you know, okay, go join a rec team. You don't even got to go to practice. Just show up for the games. There you go. Like nobody's asking you to like make this real commitment. When you tell people to do another sport, they go, "Oh, I got to sign up for this varsity team and try out." I'm, I'm now I got twenty hours no, of practice. No, 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 I'm not saying none of that. And then, 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 it, then, then, it, then that could compromise their their time in the cage too. You know, if they're if they're don't make it work. I mean, I, I, <laughs> you can make it work. You can make it work. I I got kids that show up in their basketball uniforms to their hitting lesson. Oh, <laughs> like if you want it, if you want it, you, you you want it. Yeah, you want it. You're right. If you're dedicated, you're dedicated. There's no excuses. Like if you want it, you want it. Like, I don't want to hear that. <laughs> you're that's 100. They're dedicated. It's like Sophia. She comes from Cherry Hill to see you twice a month, right? No, she comes every week now. And and, and like that, I think it's like a six hour round trip. That girl wants it. Dude. She wants it, dude. <laughs> she yeah, wants I'm, so, it. I'm so proud of this kid. I'm so proud of her. She's, she's going to be all right. Now, what makes her... You told me you've probably seen someone like her, <clears throat> two girls, one girl like her in 20 years. What makes what sets her apart? She is what I call... And I haven't called many people this. For me, from my standpoint, I've never seen a girl swing 80 on my uh, gun <laughs> before she had ninth grade. That, that I was like, damn. <laughs> And so, like, so, that's why I called she's you. A, um, so, her swing is about, you know, mid 70s, like 74 miles per hour. Her exit velo, I, I, I got her in the 80s. Yep, I got her in the 80s. Exit velo. I got her in the 80s too. Right. I've got, I've got, I've gotten it one time in the 80s, and she's consistently in the mid 70s, which is still good. Right. It, it's still better than good because she's swinging at, she's swinging so effortlessly and so, and so much, with so much control and poise. And the fluidity is there. It's not an overswing. She's not trying to kill it. It's right. just so it's smooth, just, man. It's effortless. But I consider her to be <clears throat> what I consider what her, I call it. Um, she's she's a physical genius. Okay. I have another kid who's a physical genius too, but not at the same caliber. Like this girl's more like shortstop, slapper on the run, speed. Okay. You know, lay out in the outfield diving. She's a she's a different kind of player. But she's the kind of kid that whatever she decided she, said she wanted to do in life, she'd be able to be great at whatever she decided to do because she's a physical genius. Okay. So a physical genius would be like a two-year-old who could stand in front of the TV and watch a Michael Jackson video and literally mimic everything she saw on that TV screen to a T huh. because she's a physical genius. Gotcha. And Sophia has the ability to see something and then actually do it right away. Without having to work at it, I call it being super coachable. <laughs> yeah, she's that because you got people that are coachable that still can't do it. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> she, she's like, she she got that thing, man. I, just, I can't, you know, I don't, I don't know <laughs> why, 
Um, she and obviously she has a genetic advantage because her mom was an athlete. Yeah, you know that that plays a part. So she has she has that genetic advantage too. But like she just you know she has some 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 real and what's crazy is she has she still has upside. Right, I believe so. <laughs> yeah, from physical so, from physical standpoint, I believe there's a way bigger upside. She got upside. That's yeah. the crazy thing about it. Right. So that you know, it, it's she's special for sure. <laughs> you said the acceleration. Well, here's another thing. She told me, I don't know if this is true. She said Diamond Connects had never seen someone with a faster acceleration speed, I think, or barrel speed. Is that uh, so? So I think, so I'll tell you, for her age and how fast she swings it, it it hasn't been done. Okay, that's what I'm saying. That's that's what you're saying. So it hasn't never been done. It hasn't been done. (laughs) No, because I got got varsity baseball players that are Division I Uh that are the same bat speed as her. Damn. So she's she has that's that's crazy. Varsity Division One, they're the same as her. Yep, that's incredible. Very incredible. <laughs> that's incredible. Because when she did it, I'm gonna tell you the story. So she did it, right? And I looked at my sensor and I said, "You thought it was broken." Right, see, I, I thought I thought it was broken, so I switched. I, I swapped sensors because uh-huh. sometimes things happen. Right. So I put it. I swapped sensors. I put another sensor on the bat, a different one. She did it again. She did it again. She did it again. I'm like, yo. So I stopped. I stopped the class, and I had to walk out of the. I had to walk out of the room to get myself together. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Everybody's looking at me like, what happened? I was like, where's he going? And I was like, I, just, I need a minute. You're like, yeah. you're like, sheesh, sheesh. I needed a minute. So I, you know, the first thing I did was I text, I screen, I screenshotted the metric, uh-huh. and I sent it to the big schools. I think six or seven different SEC schools. Wow. <laughs> and there, what, what was their response? Like what? I got a couple of different little, little responses there. Yeah. What was the craziest? But it, it, I mean, they needed to see that this is happening because they they know. Right. They know that that don't happen every day. Because because now are they, now these schools tracking these metrics. I think schools do it. I mean, I think they, I think they're aware of it. Okay. Gotcha. You know, but I don't know that a lot of people really know what they're doing. To be honest with you. Okay. And I, and and I, I, I but but I think that they they know. Okay, that this this is good. This is not good. This is a high. This is not high. Do they know why? I don't know. Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. It is is how is their vertical? Is it vertical tag angle? Is that right? Oh, the vertical batting. Yeah. What what is, go into that? What is that again? Cause you know that the, the the launch angle is after. What is that vertical? So the so, so the, the vertical bat angle is um, it's the angle of the bat. So so when I, when I'm doing when you're doing any kind of swing measurement, a swing tracker, mm-hmm. I use diamond kinetic swing tracker. Some people might out, out there may use blast motion. Okay. Whatever whatever floats your boat, that's fine. But the vertical bat angle as a metric can sometimes be confused with the attacking. Okay. So the attack angle is the angle of the bat just before contact. Gotcha. Right? But the vertical bat angle is the angle of the bat at contact. Okay. So if you hold your bat out in front of you at zero degrees, flat, perpendicular to the ground, Mm -hmm. that would be zero degrees. Okay. Okay. If you rotated the knob in that same space mm-hmm. to where the knob was straight up to the sky and the barrel was straight down to the ground, 
<clears throat> that would be 90 degrees. It would be actually be, it would be negative 90 degrees. And if you rotated it halfway, that would be 45, obviously. Okay. So the closer you are to 40, you would want to be closer to 38, 39, 37, maybe 40 on a ball that's low and in. Okay. On a ball that's more higher and away from you, you would want to be somewhere in the high 20s, maybe low 30s. Okay. But sometimes the problem is that hitters are trying to pull <clears throat> pitches. And this is baseball too, same thing. This is everything, yeah. Okay. People are trying to pull pitches to the pull side with a flatter VBA or vertical bat angle. Mm -hmm. And they're getting that ground ball to third of your right-handed batter. Mm. Where if they if they were steeper and closer to 38, 39, 40, Mike Trout's like 45 on a low inside pitch. Okay. So he's really, really steep. And then you you get you're gonna get more lift on that pitch because of the path that you took. And VBA, if it's still an outside pitch or a higher pitch, you're 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 flatter and you're closer to like 28, 29 degrees, maybe even 32, depending depending on the height of the batter. There's a lot of different other variables that go into play. But so many people are too steep on the outside pitch and they get that pop-up that goes to the first baseman in foul territory. Like, that's that's what happened. So that's cool. I, I've, been paying, I've been paying attention to VBA a lot more than I used to. Okay. Because um, you can, because, you can um, stop those pop-ups. Because I want, the, I want the hitters to be able to understand why they're getting what they're getting. Okay. On their own. Gotcha. So... Uh, it, it promotes self-awareness. Okay. And then I'll ask him, why, why was that a ground ball to third? Okay, let's, 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 I'm going to throw you three of the same pitches in the same spot. And I want you to figure out how to get this ball in the air and not a ground ball to third. How do you do that? Okay. And then they'll, they'll start adjusting their bat pad. And if I can get them to do that, I win. We all win. Gotcha. Because now you understand it. Creating cognition. It's not random. Gotcha. You okay. understand why you have a ground ball third on that pitch. Gotcha. Okay. It's because of what you did. You you or what you didn't do. Gotcha. That, that, that's the cause of that. So is that the is, know, that, is that the most important metric you're looking at now? Uh, to me, it's up there, man. It's like, it's like my new favorite. Okay. It seems like it determines which is a foul, foul ball or pop up or ground ball. It seems like it does. But but but, but, but if I had a kid who who um. Is naturally already already understanding that. Mm -hmm. I'm not having that conversation with her because I, I'm not trying to give her more stuff to think about. Okay. You know, I'm, I'm not. I'm not gonna overload her. You don't confuse her. You don't confuse him. Yeah, I'm not gonna. You know, she's good. She got it. <laughs> now, I heard the Alabama coach say, "Louie, I think it's 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 a uh, late over under early." Is that something you kind of use with? You with your hitters? That's in my book. Oh, okay. <laughs> Maybe he got it from you. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I, I, I mean, I, I know I made that up. That was that's in my book from was that oh seven? Okay. Was it oh seven or was it um my my book that I did in twenty twelve? I don't know. It's definitely in my book. Okay. So <laughs> those those are the those are the four ways that people miss. Right. That I um, you address. Yeah, came up with. Yeah, I, I I didn't um, I know where I got it from. 
<laughs> but but I didn't know. It's definitely in my book, and that that was like 2013, 2012, old, 2011. It's old news. Old, old news yeah. to you. <laughs> yeah. This uh, now, I mean, but that, that's fine. I mean, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know if that matters. I mean, back then, that's where I was in my in my. In but, my but, life, but now right? you now you know that how to you know you know how to use the data to adjust it and, and, and right. Get so I don't result. know. I don't know if I would even I would even like say that anymore. Now, you know what I'm saying? Now, at that, at, they have that vertical tap. Now, has that created a different spin on that rap soto on the ball? Okay, so let's let's go into that. Let's go so, into that. Like, what what what, 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 what are you looking for? What rap soto when the ball when they when that ball leaves the spin and all that stuff? So metrics. So let's talk about metrics for a second, and and why why they're so important to me. I, as you know, most people don't may, may not know, but I'm very very into technology. Yes. And a lot of people go, go into respect, the things you use too. Okay. A lot of people respect my my opinion about technology. Like should I buy this? Like Kyle just told me all the time, should I should we get this? You think it's good? How to use it? What do you use it for? You know, and I I'll give them my my answer. And more importantly, if they decide to buy it, I'm, I kind of help colleges to understand techn- what I call technology implementation strategy. Mm-hmm. Like, how should you use it based on the your team profile, your staff profile? What are your resources as a staff? What type of space you have you, you, you're using? Uh, and if I go down and help them, I'm doing all that live in person. I'm assessing the situation. Gotcha. And then I can even go as far as like training staff and identify, you know, how to implement it into a team practice or what have you, yeah. or whatever they're using. So most baseball teams have the budget to hire somebody if that's all they do. Most softball teams kind of don't. But I'll tell you, if I was a softball team, I would literally give away a 50% scholarship and bring somebody in as a player on my team who's probably never going to play. Mm-hmm. And she would be my, she would have to be my tech nerd. Okay. And she's she's part of my team. She's helping me win, but she's doing it in a whole different way. I would I would literally say, I'm giving you fifty percent tuition to come to my school. I'm telling you right now, you're not good enough to play here. <laughs> but what I want you to do, what I want you to do is I want you to learn this tech, and I want you to make sure that you're helping us in that area. That's smart, man. That's just, that's, that's what I would do. This thing inside the box. I, I definitely would do that in a heartbeat because that's how important that is to me. Okay. To me, that's important. Right. It's not that important to everyone. You just display so that, 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 that vertical tag, you know, that, that's valuable. But you don't always have time to do that as a coach. Right. Because now this kid, she's not a coach, but she can go in the cage on their off time and work with those kids with the tech when you can. Right. So now, you see, I see what I'm saying? Yeah. Because your coach can't do it. Even if you hire a coach, they can't do it. Gotcha. But she can. Gotcha. Does that make sense? Yeah. So that's what. I, anyway, I'm, I'm, maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, I'm, maybe that's a dumb idea. No, but, no, I think that's brilliant. Because <laughs> these kids, I, I these kids are smart. These kids are smart, man. Because because you got kids on the bench that suck that have a full ride. So what are you talking about? You might as well have a kid with fifty percent that's actually helping your team win. There you go. Because that kid over there, that kid sitting over there with a full ride that 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 you thought was good is not good. Right. She's not even contributing at all. Right. So she's probably, probably, probably a good student. She's, she's she's brilliant. She's there. She's got a good, great GPA. She could probably grasp this tech and this tech. And no, learn I'm, it. I'm specifically recruiting her for that. So before she gets here, I already know that's what she can do. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
because I already told her two years ago, I need you to go learn this and go figure this out and go take these classes and these courses because when you come here, this is what your role is going to be on the team. That is, man, you think... <laughs> Man, you're thinking outside the box. That's what that's what you're forward thinking. I, I love I love because, that. Like, yeah, remember so, softball is a happy cat sport. Yeah, everybody does what everybody else does. I'm sure baseball um, is doing this with with an extra hired person. Yeah, baseball's budgeting it, and like they they have the budget to do it. Right? Yeah, they're, 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 they got they're there's a whole coach that's 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 devoted to this. Right. <laughs> um, they get more money to play with. They get more money to play with. Right? Catch up. Softball's going to catch up one day. I really believe that. Yeah. I think oh, I think one day softball's going to catch up. Um, so the metrics. Um, so right now I'm using for the to measure what the body is doing in terms of sequencing, um, mobility, range of motion, spine stability. I'm using 4D motion. Okay. Which is what we, it's what we call 3D. 3D motion capture, mm -hmm. where I take sensors in multiple configurations for throwing, hitting, pitching. Uh, and I, so, for example, if I do a four sensor co configuration, I have a sensor that's measuring what the chest is doing, a sensor that's measuring what the pelvis is doing, a sensor that's measuring what the lead arm is doing. Okay. And then I'll put a sensor on the back and I'll be able to get all of the sequencing. Oh, it will be is that what it is? Um, you could there's various you know ways you can do it. There's some some stick, some some go into a little clip, or go into a strap with Velcro. Okay. Or for the chest one, I use a I use a chest strap for that one. Do you see? Do you, do you see? Uh, what what? How should the sequences be? So there is there is what we call a kinematic sequence. Okay. That's that's ideal, and it would be pelvis, chest, arm, back. And that we need that, we would like to see that transition in that sequence. But we would also like to see that same transition or that same sequence in how they decelerate. Okay. So it's it's the pelvis, once the pelvis gets to its peak rotational velocity, it begins to decelerate and then the chest begins to start to accelerate. What's what's once a, the chest what's a good peak velocity? For the pelvis would be probably about somewhere between 500 and 600 would be pretty good. Okay. Because if it's any faster than that, it would be too fast. Okay. You can be too fast. It wouldn't help. It, it would be too fast. Be it, it, they wouldn't be able to. Yeah. They it wouldn't be a controllable speed because remember, the chest is going to be a little bit faster, but in between 40 and 60% faster. Okay. okay. So there's going to be what they call a speed gain. Okay. And the chest, we're looking for something like between 40 and 60%. And then when the, with the lead arm, same thing, 40 and 60% faster than the chest. And those are the ranges that we want to be in. Mm -hmm. And if those if kids are in those ranges, they're going to have max fast speed, max acceleration, like really, really well. Gotcha. Both, both throwing and hitting. And then the bat is going to be right around 100%, somewhere between 100 and 120% faster than the actual lead arm. Okay. So um, those are the numbers that, 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 that it, the app tells you, it shows you, like it measures it measures the rotational velocity in degrees per second, mm. and the, the app shows you that those data those data numbers. Now here's the deal: there's there is what we call biomechanically efficient, mm -hmm. but not everybody really needs to be biomechanically efficient. So if somebody is like my girl Jada, who plays at Georgia, I saw the video of her. Yep, she she's probably got one of the best swings I've ever seen in my entire life. Ever. Mm. 
and and more than I mean, I'm not the only hitting coach in the country that notices that. Like people have seen her on TV and like recorded her swing and like put it on Twitter and had a whole discussion about it because of how good she is. Really, wow. this kid is freaking good, man. Wow. So, like, she's not biomechanically efficient in her transition, but she is biomechanically efficient in her deceleration. Okay, go into that. So people, I, people, I, people, I, 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 I wouldn't want to change that with her. People, you know? people don't think about the deceleration of swinging, but go into that. Why is that important? So deceleration is important because in order for the next segment of the swing to accelerate properly, mm-hmm. the former segment has to decelerate properly. Okay. So if you think about it like a Ferrari, the only way, of, the only reason why a Ferrari can accelerate the way that it does is because a Ferrari has an incredible brake system. Okay. So the brakes are, all, are just as important, probably more, on why something can move faster now. Okay. So you got to be incredibly strong to run to run fast. Like the, a baby, a newborn baby, or not newborn baby, but a toddler who learns how to walk early is only walking early because her legs are stronger. Gotcha. She can walk early because her legs are strong. Mm-hmm. If you get her legs stronger, she'll walk. <laughs> if you don't, she won't. She's not gonna be able to walk. She can't hold herself up. Right. When people get older, what happens? Their legs get weaker and they and you pain. So, so take that, take that, take that to sports. If if a hitter is able to break or a sprinter can break, mm-hmm. it can accelerate. Mm. Because, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. 100%. Speed. If, 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 if people that have weak legs, they can't decelerate good. Nor can they, can. Nor can they accelerate good and, either. <laughs> and, they, and, and they can't stop either. They can't stop themselves. Right. So I, if I can't stop myself, I can't accelerate. It's a, it's a built in thing into, into the body. Right. Well, you're not going to hurt yourself. So if you can't stop yourself, you can't accelerate. Right. And a car is the same way. Gotcha. Okay. So the car, uh, uh, so know, those I, cars I, have I, to have excellent brakes. I know for throwing, that is a big thing. You can only throw so as a lot fast. Of throw, right? a lot of el- so a lot of elbow injuries happen in throwing because of poor deceleration post-throw. Yeah. So if you, if you throw a baseball or any, any object and you stop your arm immediately, You'll feel it in your elbow. Yep, that's why I train. When I train in the gym, we train a lot of deceleration muscles. So it's it's about going from so from if I'm talking arm action for a second, yeah. and I go zero percent from the time I break, and I start my circle and get to thirty percent, uh-huh. and right when my right when my right when I start to go into what we call external rotation. Okay. Once my arm externally rotates, I'm going to go to like a, what, I, what I'm going to call like a, almost like a gas pedal. Yeah. And I'm going to accelerate the, the, the whole chest cavity and, and literally catapult the arm out of external rotation into internal rotation, right? Right. And that's after release is where you sell happiness. Right. That's, that's healthy throwing. The people, that can, and the, people it, the people that can throw fast externally rotate really good. Really, really well. It's, 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 it's like, I call it like a whip, like, there's, like a whiplash. There's a, there's a certain amount of yeah, there's a certain amount of elasticity in that area yep. that allows you to really catapult better, and you know really get that flexibility. It's stored to, to get that, stored to get energy and elasticity. That is the key. That is the key. It, it, so, and that, that's that's me going back to my pitching days, which I'm gonna, I'm coming out. I'm only gonna come out of retirement because I, I think I need to now. <laughs> the world needs. It's getting so bad. It's disgusting. The world needs. I can't you. take it. <laughs> I can't take it, man. So you've coached pitchers too, baseball, yeah. baseball. 
I had I had I had draft picks. I had, I had pictures that have been, have been drafted. Everything. Oh, I just man. don't do it. I just I just don't, I haven't gotten so much in the hitting. You, so you know they, they got me in this hitting box right now. But <laughs> I know how good I am at, at that too. Man, and how good that I, how good that I've done what I've done and where you know, I could. You're such a specialist at hitting. I mean, you're just a specialist at everything, but the hitting you got it so. I mean, down that's, down. A, that's that's where they put me, so I, I'm good. I, I'll take it. <laughs> so people don't know about the se- the sequencing and the speed of the sequence of the Israel the Israel. That's a, that's high level right there. Yeah, I. I what I, what, what about, what about I, like remember, a, I was doing? Remember, I was doing biomechanics in 1998. Really. When nobody was even talking, how did about you get into biomechanics? They, 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 they thought they thought Tom House was crazy. Oh, that back then. Speak of Tom House. The, now, now go in. I think he invented the. Uh, he's he was like the first VLO. He's the father of biomechanics. Yeah. They thought he was crazy back then. Yeah. And now everybody's doing what he's been doing. Right. Exactly. <laughs> everybody's talking about what he's been doing forty years ago. Y- yeah. How did you? So, how did you? How, I, how did you fall into biomechanics? So I used to. I learned everything that I know that I kind of know, and it's evolved over time. Because I was I was involved in um, the Frozen Ropes organization. Okay. And Frozen Ropes, I have not really checked to see what they're doing now, but back then, we were the leaders in hitting and pitching. Okay. And play development in baseball. Gotcha. In terms of like, especially our youth and uh, well, youth to pros. I mean, we were so we were doing stuff like everything that we were saying in 1997 and 1998. Mm-hmm. People are just now finally starting to say it. Huh. And I'm like, wow, we were doing this. We did. We said this is exactly what we've been saying. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> and so I had a. I, I, I never really. So my foundation for like excellence came out of that organization because we were, and I tell you, the leaders, and I, I think they may still be, I just haven't really been paying attention to what they've been doing because I have not been involved, but okay. in terms of like foundationally, yeah. like there's no body out there, especially back then, <laughs> Wow, that was doing it. But, but, now, but now the techs come in and it's actually helped you. So, but now, now tech is validating it. Okay. So, you, you're just- so, like, so like before, like before D-Motion, for example, because I was going into the tech. So let's go back to the 4D motion. Yeah. That's what I use to measure what the body's doing. I use diamond kinetics to measure what the swing is doing. Okay. Right? I use I use rap sodas to track what the ball is doing. Okay. You know? But wow. here's okay. the deal. Okay. You get it? So it's three different things, right? So the thing about diamond kinetic swing tracker is it sits in the middle. Oh, okay. So I can look at the swing. Without looking at the swing, I can just look at the numbers, and I can tell you what the body did or didn't do, and I can tell you what the ball was probably not going to do or or did. Okay. And you try to so you, if I you see try to line, so try to line all this, this three things up. So if I see VBA, for example, and it's steep, right, and then I see bat speed and acceleration rate with that, but I also look at distance in the zone. Okay. And I look at what they projected for the distance to be. I have a good idea whether whether it's an inside pitch or an outside pitch. Okay. Wow. And and I never saw the I never saw anything but numbers. Huh. Get out. So I have no bias. There's no bias in that. Gotcha. Okay. If I, if I just look at your numbers and I don't see your swing, I'm not clouding my judgment based on what I think the swing should be. Yeah. But I'm looking at these numbers and saying this is an efficient swing. This is not an efficient swing. Based on these numbers, it's not. Because if I look at it, I'm going to have bias. 
Gotcha. Okay. Because of what I think a swing should look like. Gotcha. So sometimes I'll just have somebody just send me the, just send me the numbers. I don't, don't want to see it. <laughs> Interesting. So you know that you see the numbers, you know what happened. <laughs> I know what did happen, or I know what didn't happen. It depends. It might be different. Gotcha. Okay. Sometimes I'm like, okay, this definitely happened, and all oh, this definitely did not happen. <laughs> this tech stuff, it's complicated. You need, you need to have somebody train you to read it. So it's it's a discipline. You gotta you gotta want to dig into it. Yeah. Most people don't have time to even do it, and then after you do it, you gotta go home and you gotta. Like I got here last night after Ref got soda. Uh-huh. I had well, how many hitters did I have yesterday? I had four. Eight, I had twelve hitters last night. We all did rap soda. I got home at ten. Okay. The first thing I did was sit down, and I went through everybody's rap soda. Yeah. Hmm. No, no. Go, I have to do it. Go, like, go into what I, I can't. I can't just go home and cut the TV on. <laughs> I can't go home and get on Instagram. Like you know, I got to do that work because what do you, what do you, how do I know? What are you looking? How do I know what to do with them for, for next time? Right. You're analyzing data and you're committing. To, you're creating what they need to do for the next session. Right. Right. But I, I got to do what, I got to put together what I need to do with them and, and, and drills and stuff. That's exactly how I do do my sessions. I'm looking at data. I'm, that tells me what I need to do. Because people, session. but people aren't looking at the data. They just, they just, it's just entertainment for them. Right. I'm like, what are y'all doing? What are we doing right now? <laughs> well, that's the thing. It might be they. It's it's common. Now, what do you look at the rap soda? What what are the data and what does it does it tell you what to do the next session? So I don't even so I look I I so I look at um for Rapsodo, I look at exit velocity. Okay. But I don't look at it like to me, exit velocity is a vanity metric. Okay. Same way that speed is. Okay. It's like a puff my chest out metric. <laughs> because you can you can have a 63, 64 mile an hour exit below. You just gotta have a higher launch angle. Okay. That was that, that's the question. To hit, to hit a ball, to hit a ball over the fence. Uh, yeah. What what's the minimums to, to <laughs> knock it over the fence? What do you need to have? Uh, and, and, and the wind's not blown out. Yeah. Um. I don't know. You you, you, you gotta be. You gotta be like sixty four, sixty three. Granted, there's some. They're throwing like sixty, like mid sixties, low sixties. Nothing crazy. Yeah, but the, but I'm gonna tell you, like, I can't think of the guy's name, but there was a professor of physics at the University of Illinois who did a study and he maintains that the velocity of the pitcher doesn't really contribute enough to the how hard you hit a ball as we think it does oh, for, okay. for us to for us to look at it okay i forgot what it was it was something ridiculous number like every Every certain miles an hour, it was like five feet. It was some ridiculous number that it's, it's not even worth paying attention. I was like maybe ten miles an hour. I don't even know. But it, when I read the study, I, it, it wasn't it wasn't even worth using that as a okay as a as a way of, of you know. Gotcha. I stopped paying attention to it. Let's put that. Gotcha. I read I read that study. Alone. As a matter of fact, I sent it <laughs> to a coach, a college coach, who kept quoting me. Let that pitcher provide the power for you. Saying this is bothering me, driving me crazy. And she, at the time, <laughs> she knew like she, I knew she knew better because she, she was a pitching coach too. Because mm-hmm. if that's the case, because hitters are just going to swing harder when it's slower. Okay. Think about it. Yeah. Think about it. If, if you throw it slower, hitters swing harder. Gotcha. 
Don't tell you me know, they, they do. One hundred percent, they do. Cause it, it's, they, and, and if you throw, it, you, if you throw it slower, they don't swing harder. It, it's harder. It's, you can be light. You can, so you can be more accurate. A hitter's gonna make up for it. A hitter's gonna make up for it. Gotcha. I mean, I'm just saying, it's not contrary. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. If you look at, if you look at, you're, yeah. you're right. They, so, slower did they go swing harder? <laughs> yep. So the exit so velocity think, you're looking at. So 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 I look at exit velocity no, with no 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 ball spin uh, with ball with spin. launch which launch because if I know your exit velocity. Mm -hmm. Then I know how much launch you don't have to have. Like if you have a lower exit velocity, you can't have a you can't have a lot of um, you can't have a really steep VBA. Right. Well, that's that's, that's because funny you said it because your ball's it, gonna die. Your ball's gonna die into the field. Because right? I got some people that they miss. Well, I, when they come in the train, I go, man, you're gonna be you're gonna sing so much faster. The fly balls will start to glow over the fence, and that's probably what happens. Yeah. So like, if you don't, if your exit velo is too low. Mm -hmm. Then you can't hit the ball high. Right, gravity kicks in because it's, gonna, it's kicks gonna, gonna die. Too. Yeah, gravity. It's gonna die at the fence. It's gonna die before the fence. Gravity die at like one, at like one sixty. Gravity. But if you're hitting the ball like like so, so so could hit. So could have a steep EV. So she has a really good EV, so she can have a steep. Sophia attacking. Yeah. Okay. Because her balls ain't gonna die at, at the fence. They're gonna go over the fence. They're gonna go. You know. So, and see how so everybody's different. Yeah. So the ratio of of launch. I hate saying the word launch, but the ratio of my attack angle okay. is it has to be in a direct proportion to my exit velocity. Okay. Because I don't want my balls to die, and I don't, I don't want to hit. I don't want to smoke line drives at people when if I if I would have got it up, it would have been out, it would have been over the fence. Gotcha. How do how do you how do you in live play the ball is spinning? That 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 probably changes the flight of the ball. How do you combat combat that? So a live play, the ball spinning. You know, say it's like, well, it's like you said in tennis too. The ball spinning. You put spin in the ball. You hit it. It goes somewhere or crazy direction. You don't intend it to do. Yeah, I think every pitch is spinning in the same direction except for the live ball. Gotcha. Okay. So the fastball spinning. It's, a, it's right? just at a rate. Is, so it's spinning the, at different the, rates. The, 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 the speed, the, um, excuse me, the, uh, the RPMs. Does, does the spin rate matter for a hitter? Yeah. So if a spin rate's too high, so you mean for a batted ball or for a ball to pitch? A ball, you know, you're, you're batting. Okay, so I hit a ball. I, I, I read that. I read that the spin rate, the faster the spin rate, the less it's going to drop. The more, the slower, the more, more it's going to tail off. Okay, so I, I, my goal for all my hitters is to be right around a thousand at spin rate. Okay. If it's too high, if it's like more than two thousand, you popped it up. It's not going to make it over the fence generally. So how can they control it by hitting it? If it's if it's less if it's less than five hundred, it's going to be a knuckleball. It's, it's not going to really have any distance. Okay. It's going to be really, that's really, just contacting know, in the right spot, right on the bat. That's what it is. It's, it's pretty much it's pretty much bat bat. Gotcha. They hit it the wrong so, spot. It's going to have a bad spin. It's going to get you know pop up. So you have to, because if you square it up, so it's funny because there's a study that was done in MLB that said backspin hitters statistically hit more home runs than hitters that are not backspin hitters, right? Okay. But hitters that barrel balls up are more consistent hitters gotcha. than backspin hitters. Gotcha. So it, it comes down to the physical Even makeup. And swing DNA of every individual hitter, 
which is where we have to coach them to be. That's why I need initial data because I have to get a I have to get a swing profile. Okay. To know where to go with it. It's not just this random thing that I do. And that spring profile, what you're doing all these that you're doing. A spring profile? Yeah, go into that a little bit. So I take all the numbers from the, how their body's moving from 4D motion. Okay. And an assessment. I take the swing DNA, uh, multiple swings, at least 200, 300 swings. And I want to get the max and the average numbers. Okay. Or the best and the average numbers. And then I'm going to take batted ball data. Because remember, the batted ball data that I'm after is going to be exit below and, and, and the actual launch of the ball and just two measurements that I use okay. to determine how much attack angle I want to coach this kid to. But the um, spin direction and the spin uh, efficiency, like the, the, both the RPMs, the rotations per minute, mm-hmm. that's going to tell me what type of contact they're creating in different parts of the zone. Because Repsoto gives you a really detailed report. Okay. So you'll see you'll see their hot zone and you'll see their, their you'll see their zone where they're struggling in. And you'll see the zone where they hit the ball the hard the hardest the most. Okay. So it kinda Repsoto kinda gives you that. Mm-hmm. But I go in deeper because I'm looking at the movement sequences that gave us that in the first place. Okay. When I go back to the four D. Gotcha. That for, so then the once I like get that information, you, man. <laughs> yeah, because I'm like I had a kid. Like, I went down to Tennessee. I did a thirty minute. I, uh, I had one of my um, friends who coaches on one of the teams down in Tennessee. Okay, and he got a facility in his house. So I had some time. I had just had lunch, and I had some time before my next group. So I said I'm gonna come by. I haven't seen this kid in a while. I said I want to see what's going on. So literally, just with four D motion, I was able to determine something that I probably would have never figured out in that lesson, in that lesson, in that less time. Huh. In like 30 minutes, somewhere around 30 minutes, maybe even less, we went. Her bat speed went up because something that we picked up with 40 motion. Okay, it went up like six, seven miles an hour. Really? In 20 minutes. Goodness gracious! Because I was able, to, I was able to pick up some stuff that I wasn't able to pick up before. Was she out of sequence? She was out, She wasn't out of sequence, but her direction, her movement direction, was wrong. Okay, so you're seeing you're looking at the movement direction too. Yeah. Huh. Get out. <laughs> now I've seen I've seen you use a force plate sometimes. Do you do you ever do that at all? Um, Not as much no more. So I so when I do ground force, I have this thing called body trap. Okay. Um. And body track is one probably probably the best thing out there that's ever been done. Okay. Because it's a it's a carpet that has built in sensors. Gotcha. Um, in the carpet. Okay. Um, that give us ground force data, foot data, heel data. What is the midfoot data? What is the body? Oh, wow, it goes down that, that far. Midfoot. Excuse me. It goes that, it goes breaks down to the different parts of the foot. Yeah. Wow. It gives you all the all the information in terms of when it happens in the timeline of a swing, because it interfaces with another software that I use. Okay. So when I first started doing three D motion capture, I was using um, Swing Guru. Okay. And I was also consulting this company too. Wow. Most of the companies that I work with, um, I consult. Okay. Most of the most of the most of the most of the stuff I use, yeah, I consult those companies also, and I have some creative input in. Okay. Where the product's going. Also. Gotcha. So. I'm, I'm a consumer, but I'm also, I consider myself a technology developer too. Gotcha. 
get out. Because I think it's important that I think it's important that we all have input in what we're using because the companies need feedback. Yeah. But I I I just have, I've been, I've been fortunate enough to work closely with the you know the development team. Huh. With the CTO, I'm working right now with the CTO at um, Diamond Kinetics. Really. We're, we're, we're coming out with some really cool stuff. Get out. That we, we've already started working on. Hmm. I mean, I, I'm not. I mean, we're going to be able to do the support the 3D motion capture with no sensors, just just the phone camera. Really? Yeah, Ooh, it's crazy. My goodness. <laughs> I know, I know. So I'm excited about that. And then you know, what what on. now? What happens when when the, when 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 the swing goes or what what you're seeing on that fourth plate? You're seeing that load so their load the back foot transfer so for, weight transfer. So for, a, a force plate is different because a, a force plate is giving you more power. Okay. They're giving you the power measurement. Or, or can you know what what do you know between a, a good but power header and a bad power? When, when I'm looking at center of pressure, when you, when you look at center of pressure and center of is it mass? Center of mass. Those are the two metrics. Okay. That I'm getting with um the uh. With body track, yeah, it, center of pressure is more detailed because it's giving you the foot data during the swing, right? Okay. A force play doesn't always. It gives you like a number of how much force that person is generating. Okay. And it's measuring it for you. But if I want to know during the load of the swing, are they fifty fifty with the weight transfer on the back leg and front leg, or are they sixty forty? Okay. Or are they or are they seventy three twenty seven right? Like I'll know that with body track, I may not necessarily know that with a with a force plate. Okay, it's not giving me that sensitive data. So, but I'm still getting force plate data from the body track. That's why I, I didn't do force plate. I gravitated to body track. And the other thing is, you can't move a force plate around. Right? No, it's too heavy. But I can well, I can move. Cumbersome. I can throw my carpet in a car and go. Okay, and bring it because it was important for me that my lab is mobile. Gotcha. Because you travel Cause around a lot. I don't, I don't I, and I don't like to be tied to buildings because buildings go up and buildings go down. I don't like to be tied to buildings. This is one of my things. Right, right. I like to be able to like bring it to you or bring it wherever. Because sometimes when I'm working with teams, it's more realistic for me to come to them than for them to get everybody together to come to me. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. What What would you say are I think the glue. What muscle would you? What muscle groups would you say are key to the swing, so that they could transfer over to the swing, a powerful home run swing? And and do you do you get deeper that? Probably, I would probably say the most important muscles for a swing, not including the eyes. That's the most important one, <laughs> and the brain. But yeah, I think the brain, the eyes, such a nervous you know, system. Eyes is like so important as a muscle, right? But the it's, it would be a muscle. It would be probably quad, hamstring, and glute. Okay. What's the sequential? What's sequential order? Are they firing? Do you go into that? Do you? I, I think the I think the toe tr- is tra- when you we talk about ground force. Yes. And we talk about ground force reaction. They're pushing like yeah. I I I, I think. If you look at, if you slow it down and look at the best hitters in the world, yeah. the torso is peeling the heel off the ground. Okay, it's happening first. Gotcha. So I'm I'm probably firing from the hamstring and glute, 
Okay. And, uh, and it's the pelvis that's initiating it. But I, I got to go back and say it's probably I'm standing up in, in the living room right now as I'm doing this. Right <laughs> it's probably it's it's me positioning my back foot in a way that allowed ground force to happen because ground force is going to happen vertically. Gotcha. Like the kids that are lunging are missing out. Okay. Because they're, they're thinking that ground force is going to happen linear, and it's, it's going to be vertical. So it's not it's not linear. It's vertical. It's not okay. Not not ground force. Okay. Not ground force. Okay. But the, the, what the back's going to do is going to be linear. They're not pushing out behind them, so to speak. Uh uh-uh. Okay. But the move that I do before that. It's a spring loading move. I'm sitting into my rear heel first. What do you think about that thing? The uh, the uh, what do you call it? The Velo Pro. Every every see that thing? No. It's like a belt that it has a band that attaches to the rear leg to your ankle. So you load your rear leg. No, but I like those kinds of things though because they, it helps helps us to feel it. Okay, maybe that maybe it's. Yeah, I have to show. It I, to I do like those types. There's, there's a lot of different things out there that are similar to that. Yep. So like, it helps you load that back leg. That's so that's what you're talking about right there. Yeah. Okay. So I, I don't know, but what I say is, if I sit into my rear heel, the the spring is now loaded. Glute quad hamstring. Okay. I think it's. it's I think it's once that leg extends, they get the hips around. And the faster you can do that. The more ground, before you apply on the ground, the faster you do that, the faster that the hips come around and the pelvis comes around. And I think, and I, and I think that's what I try to get kids down within the parameters of it not hindering us from having great backpack. So as long as what you do coming out of that ground is is helping you to have really good backpack, yeah, you're good. <laughs> Because if you do it the wrong way, yeah, you maxed out on your ground force, but your back paths suffer because of it. Okay. So it's like, to what extent do I get this ground this ground force reaction to happen? To where it, it becomes something that is what about, beneficial to me what, and not hindering. What about timing? Does it give you timing of... Uh, uh... For the ground reaction forces, what which time? How much time is that force being put in the ground? That's my question. So that that goes back to the eyes because I have, I have this thing called body timing. Okay. And I got to time my body to what the ball's doing in terms of where the ball is and in terms of how hard the ball's being thrown. Okay. That's what makes hitting hard. That's what makes hitting difficult. Gotcha. Is because you have that variable of this ball has a certain velo. This ball does it. So when do I start without lunging? When do I start without being late? Okay. Because so many of those things overlap. Remember, the, the, the movement of the body is overlapping with the vision. Right. It's got to be synchronized. <laughs> has to be. It, it, it has that's to. what makes it hard. They can't, how fast they react and how fast can they synchronize their body to match where the ball is going to be. Yeah, I think, and if you're not fast, okay, then you have to start earlier. Yep. Yeah, okay, that's that's my thing. The, 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 you know what I'm saying? So weaker, if you are fast, you can wait longer. The people, right. the people less powerful, they got to start early. Is that correct? They got to swing earlier. Yes. Yeah, on a faster, on a, on a faster pitch. 
And the people and the, the people that can swing well, fast. Well, no, but here's the deal, though. It's, it's not about the speed of the pitch necessarily. That's that's a part of it, right? But because think about it like this: if I can wait longer, if I if I have a, a high, if I can accelerate faster, I can wait longer than the other person. That yep. I, so I've if, always thought wait, that. And if I can wait longer, I can get more visual information. And you can make adjustments. Mids, like, and I can make adjustments. Right. You have more, there's more that, time to play with. That, you have more time to play with. And that's what it comes down to. <laughs> so that's why, that's my, my point. If I get them to swing fast, they can operate 85% and be more efficient and have more time to play with in that swing. They more, they more time to make adjustments visually. Mm-hmm. That's my mentality. <laughs> so I'm not off base by that. No, that's what it is. The the challenge is once they get to faster pitch, now it becomes even more heightened. You know, they go from high school, they go from 58, 59, 60 to now college, 63, 64, 65, 66. Because I'll be honest with you. Like I have, I've, I've worked with SEC teams that have had, like their best hitter could be 50, 58, 60 miles an hour. Wow. Her wow. And if she's on time with that. But she probably accelerates pretty quickly. Probably. But she's on time with 60. Like, let's go. Gotcha. If that's what it is. A lot of the, when I did that thing with the proteins uh-huh. that I was telling you about, when, it, when I said they were, they were so much flatter. Yeah. And they, they didn't swing as hard as you think they were. Gotcha. They didn't have these fast swings with these, on these, these high bass speeds. Gotcha. Okay. Because like you said, the harder she's throwing it, the harder I can't swing. Right. So can they swing 65 to hit 72? Nope. Right. <laughs> That's all. They gotta be like in the, they gotta be in the low 60s, high 50s to even control their bat enough to hit that to hit that level of pitching. Gotcha. What about baseball? How fast of a exit velocity do you like to see? My best my best kid is a he he was 103 off a of tee. 113 against live pitching. He was phenomenal. He, you know, he hit about 400 feet. <laughs> but wait, 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 wait see, go with that a little see, bit. See, with baseball, they already had their standard set. Like, when I was telling you about that, they had the standard. Okay. Like, you, you, you're not getting drafted. You're not going to be considered to be a drafted if your exit is low, low, lower than 100 miles an hour. Okay, good. That's what I wanted to ask you about. Like, that's what I finally see. 100, that, my, my, 100 miles an hour is, is it. Like, yeah. and, you know, if you're under 100, if you're ninety nine point five, forget about you it. You will not be drafted. <laughs> forget about it. Forget about it. That's what I, that's what that's what I thought. My best players that have a shot could bat swing hundred miles an hour. If not, it's a wrap. <laughs> so I, that verified what I thought. That kid met Brandon Miller. I was talking about. He swings hundred miles an hour. <laughs> but they need right. to get they need to work towards that get to that point. I believe to get become draft eligible. <laughs> So the baseball has a metric. What what what's the what's the uh I think what's the fastest recorded? If I went one twenty one twenty three? I'm not sure. In game? <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't know. I think Guerrero hit a couple one twenty. But you gotta understand the baseball culture. What is as much music both baseball culture is swing really hard. A strikeout is an out. <laughs> I mean, remember, they don't think it's not contact for them. Right. It's like swing really hard. Maybe you run into one. Well, they don't. They, they don't. Rec- it's hard to be a uh, an average hitter, a, a guy that plays with guys that hits for average and, and and get move up. They want power hitting. 
They want some sort of power hitters. <laughs> I think softball is getting that way too. Mm, no, softball's never going to be like the, You can't. Are you going? Are you going to take? Are, are you going to take a girl that hits for average or 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 power hitting or that does both? Yeah, softball's not going to be the, 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 the sport where you strike out a lot like how baseball. Is. Right, 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 right. Baseball, they strike out a lot. <laughs> you know. Right. And the pit, because the, 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 they, the, and yeah, everything everything is metric driven in baseball. Right. So they're, they're looking at it like, yeah, you made it out. You hit a ground ball. That's also an out. That's how that. That's how they think in baseball with the metric. Right. An out is an out. You're not looking at outs like, okay, that's a strikeout. That's a five. That's a that's a ground ball. One out's better than the other. They don't. They don't. They softball looks at it like, well, you didn't strike out. You move the runner. You did. That's softball's always gonna. Then I don't. I can't see softball moving from that. But baseball, these guys struck out 200 times and they think they're good. Right. I, which is why I can't watch it. <laughs> I think that's what happened. I don't like baseball. That's what's happening. A lot of people were watching college baseball more than regular baseball. Call it softball. Yeah, call it softball. I, I, I don't watch baseball. I can't do it. Because the, the hitting is, there's more hitting. <laughs> I grew up watching Tony Gwynn, Wade Boggs, you know what I'm mad at Yeah. Saw them. I can't sit there and watch these guys strike out <laughs> 200 times. I can't do it. I'm not going to do it. I refuse to do it. My favorite guy, maybe maybe he's been in some scandal, but I think Barry Bonds was phenomenal. He was that dude could get on base and hit the ball far. He he was his hand eye coordination is, is, is was insane. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know, there, there's not that guys you know there's not many people that do that. You know, <laughs> the uh, now the last thing the what's the what's the, how do you there's we talked about the the mental we talked about the physical. What are the other things that goes into hitting? And the technical too. We talking about. So it goes back to this. It goes back to this this, this question. Here. Oh, here's one thing too. My Brandon Miller mm-hmm. said this to me. He's a baseball player. He said the high school kid hitters they go into slumps. They make adjustments from week to week. Maybe the college guys make it from game to game. He said he he said the good hitters make adjustments from pitch to pitch. And then bat to a bat. Go into that a little bit. Yeah, that that was one of my tweets. I tweeted that a while ago. Okay. Um, like you know, the better hitters make immediate adjustments, pitch to pitch, not game to game, or right. A B to A B A B or week to week. But it sounds like you're teaching uh, people yeah. to make adjustments from pitch to pitch. Um. In order for somebody to make to, to make adjustments, they have to be self aware. Gotcha. Okay. And most most people are not self-aware. They don't know what they don't know what's they going don't on. even know they don't even know what's going on. They don't even know what they did. They don't even know where their hands were. We could be doing T work with somebody, and, and they don't even know where their hands are in space. Gotcha. Hey, did you realize that you came up? Oh no, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't feel that when you came up. <laughs> <laughs> did you realize that your stride was eight inches? Oh, was it? Okay, let me try it again. And they swing this stride eight inches again. Why is she swinging striding eight inches again? Ah, she has no awareness of her body. So you can How can you make adjustments? Gotcha. Okay. You don't have the ability to make adjustments if you have no body awareness. Gotcha. Okay. You know what I mean? And it was like simple. He was saying like, you know, leave with the barrel, leave with leave leave with the handle, like stuff like that, like little things like that. Stay in the plane. <laughs> I was like, okay, that's deep. <laughs> and then, so he never get in the slump. He would fix it pretty quickly. They get strike him out the first time. Comes up, comes back, make adjustments. He's 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 on base. Then he hits a home run. The next one. 
I, I think there's a serious disconnect between what hitters think that they're doing and what they're actually doing. Okay. Because what I say to myself to cue myself may or may not be what I'm actually doing. Okay. But because my perception of the cue locks me in. Gotcha. Okay. So you may have a guy that says, yeah, I just I just tell myself to swing down. I'm going to try to get on top of the ball. And if you watch the spring, you're like, you're not swinging down. Huh. Yeah, but that's, the, that's just his cue. Oh, okay. So the cue, their cue might not be what actually is happening. <laughs> Absolutely not. It, it, it rarely is. Okay. It's what, it's what they're feeling. Gotcha. They might not be able to feel the exact cue. No, they, they feel what they feel. And that's, like, if I tell the kid to throw from 1 o'clock, right? Yeah. Because if, like, like, I, want, I want a kid to throw from 1 o'clock. If I'm working with a 12-year-old baseball player. Gotcha. I want them to throw from a 1 o'clock arm slot, right? Okay. But the kid keeps throwing from 12. That, that's a shoulder injury waiting to happen. You can't throw from straight over the top like that. Gotcha. Okay. That's a, that's a shoulder injury waiting to happen. So, right? so I'm like, 1 o'clock, 1 o'clock. He thinks he's at 1, but he's at 12. So I'm going to tell him, I'm going to tell him, too. To get him to one. Oh, okay. I, will, I might even tell him three. So they can overfill it. So they can, and that might get him to one. But if I tell somebody else three, they're going to they're gonna actually throw three. They're going to throw from side on. Ah, okay. So it's not the cue. It's what they, it's the perception of the cue is what I'm saying. Okay. That's deep. And everybody's different. Right. Because of the, of this, 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 this the perception part of it. Yeah. I'd coach that way too. I try to get them. So, my, so it's, for me, it's queuing. Like queuing is important, but queuing is personal, though. Gotcha. Do you have different cues? Do you have personal. different cues for each athlete, or does there's certain your go-to's? Every, I have, I have, I, I'll go through multiple cues to see which one sticks. Okay. Because sometimes you get it's, like, like, it's right. almost about like, right. to hear it. Absolutely. Some people, some people don't. They might be. They might be. You might say something. It might seem logical to you. But it might be like. I mean, you, 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 or you, you know, the best way to do it is just let them name it. Okay. When they do it right, have them name that. Okay. Now, when they name it, they own it. They own it. Okay. <laughs> and, and I'm like, okay, that's what you need to tell yourself. Gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. There's a lot going into hitting that people are unaware of. <laughs> There's so much, man. <laughs> oh, There's my so much. goodness. I, we, we got to do, I, I want to do with the arm, throwing. We're gonna, I'm going to do a series with you. For sure. All right. I'm good. I'm with it. Because <laughs> then we could just go on and on. Now, tell us, Brody, like what your website is, social media, and how to get a hold of you. All right. So I'm at Complete Game on my website. I'm sorry. I'm at Complete Game on all social media. At Complete Game. Okay. Twitter is like my favorite place. I love Twitter. Why is that? Because the college comes on in there? Because it's not as, it's not as crowded. Okay. And, I didn't get back on Twitter. Man. Oh, first, first of all, first of all, all all social media is. First of all, I'm not a fan of social media. Let's make that clear. <laughs> I like it though. It, I, it's, it, not, it's bad because it, it, there's bad stuff out there, but it's good because there's a lot of good stuff and they're trade information. I think it, it's it's necessary though. Yeah. Right. It's necessary. Um. It's not even about the bad stuff. I mean, because you I don't I don't see the bad stuff because I don't have. That's not popping up in my in my timeline because that's not what I look for. Okay. So I think I think that, I think the social media algorithms do a great job of feeding you what your interests are. Okay. 
but I what I what I what I guess you know I got my reasons why I like, but I do also know it's 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 it's, it's necessary. Gotcha. But I I gravitated more towards Twitter because I think that Twitter is a lot more real and a lot more authentic. Okay. And I feel like the other ones are just people just posting the highlights of their life <laughs> and not the reality of their lives. Yeah. And it, I think it contributes to a lot of depression, a lot of suicide in, in, in that area. And that, that, I'm just not into and, and I'm a very private person. So I, I don't put a lot of my own personal business on, on social media. As a matter of fact, I put none of it. <laughs> <laughs> everything, everything that I put on there is, is, is going to be, I keep my private stuff private so it can be somewhere. Which is in my privacy, and then I keep my, there, my uh, you know when I'm when I'm helping people and I'm doing what I do, like I'll post that stuff. The you know? one question I forgot to ask: This is mm-hmm. how, what what bat size do you determine for each hitter? So bat sizing is I usually do it just just I have an eye test. Like if, if you're taller and that bat short, like why are you swinging it? Okay. We're only talking about an ounce. So if somebody doesn't want to go up an inch because they they're they think an ounce is going to make them a bad hitter. Then they were never a good hitter to begin with. That's my philosophy. Okay. But what I've been doing lately, when, I, I, when you have I a think Sophia that, is, she's like a 24. Uh, she's 34, 24. Okay. I think. Okay. But what I've been doing lately um, is when a hitter wants to go like drop nine or drop eight and things like that, I'll just, I'll just test the bats. You know, I'll put a swing tracker on. For 150, 200 swings, and I put another I swing track on the other bat for 150, 200 swings. Okay. And did, did your bat speed slow down? Did your bat path drop? Did you get good? Did you get bad? Are you? Did you get better? Gotcha. And if it's if it's a significant difference, then you know that that's not the bat for you. Same thing for baseball. Same, same, same for baseball too, if, right? If it's the same, then we're not going to change it. You know, I think baseball is getting closer to adopting what they call bat fitting in the same way that golf has always done club fitting. Okay. So baseball is like on its way to like this whole bat fitting system. Gotcha. To understand based on height, weight, strength. You now know. Serena, my, my little four foot, 10 year, 10 girl weighed 130. She swung a 25 ounce bat. dude, and She was crushing it. And she, she, she had about 80 mile hour swing. She was powerful. And then some girls, yeah, I, some I, girls use a 23 ounce, 22 ounce. You say 80 mile an hour swing, you mean exit velocity? Exit velocity, I'm sorry, exit velocity. Oh, you mean um, the swing? Exit velocity. So as I say, 80 miles an hour, she should, yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> but yeah, so I think, um, I think, um, actually, I'm thinking she's, she's, actually, she had 84 on the, on the, on the, on the uh, Zep. Zep? She had the Zep. But 80, 80, 80, 80 on a gun. Which is, but four feet, before she was four feet 10, this girl was, and 130 pounds, she was powerful. And, and it, it, she was amazing. She was amazing, <laughs> amazing, amazing, amazing. But I was, and, I, and then, then there's a myth that maybe that might... people believe the heavier bat you swing, the further the ball's gonna go. Yeah, because mass times acceleration equals force and impact. Right. <laughs> and so people think the the bat the heavier they, they're like, man, I'll hit the ball further a little bit. Yeah, you will. Yeah. Because of that mass. Yeah. Now, so if they're really strong, they should actually get a heavier bat. You don't really got to be strong because so so a twenty four inch ounce bat, you can only go up two more ounces. It's just two ounces. Yeah. It, 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 I think I don't think it's about strength. I think it's about 
feel. Okay. Because when they remember when they add the two ounces, well, some people where they put it. Some some of my kids go, they're, they're like, man, my bat feels so light. Like I'm early on everything. It's just this light. Does that ever, do you ever say that? Ever hear people say describe that to you? I, I think you're gonna have those different days where your bat feels heavy and it feels light just based on that day. Okay. Some people like like but this over time like like my bat is lighter. <laughs> so they have to. They, I'd say go up and go up an ounce. You know. Yeah, but it's, it's just an ounce. Right. So if you think about if you just think about what an ounce is, right? It's not much. We wouldn't even be talking about weight because it's just an ounce, right? But the key is where did they put the ounce? Okay. Did they put it in the hands, or did they put it at the end of the bat? Oh, okay. But they have to put that ounce somewhere. It has to go somewhere. Gotcha. Did they evenly distribute it? Is it more in the hands, or more in the middle, or more in the barrel? Okay. Because that's going to change my feel. Gotcha. If it changes my feel, I may not have a sweet spot awareness. Gotcha. Like I did with a different weight. You know what I'm saying? So, 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 so I don't think the weight. I don't think weight matters in terms of like, oh my God, it's so much heavier or so much lighter. Okay. I don't. I think it's more about where did the ounce go? So her handling that 25 ounce bat with high speeds, that allowed her to put the ball in the park a lot more than someone else with less less bat. With less speed, from, from a, by by the standards of what physics tells us, yeah, 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 physics. <laughs> but if her if she's swinging it right, then you know that's no. She's story. she's barreling it up. She could she could barrel it up. Perfect. I mean, if she's moving right, if she's got everything going, happening right, and sequencing and everything, and yeah. directionally, and, and you know, obviously, it's not gonna matter. Man, I wish, that she's up. She's up. She's up your way, actually. Now she moved up that way. I wish I could get out of retirement. That girl. And hey, have you studied her? <laughs> I'm tempted to send her over, dude. I wanted to see you just analyze her oh, okay uh serena man i just wanted to see what made her tick <laughs> sequencing and all mm-hmm. this stuff like amazing amazing player amazing player we will make that happen <laughs> so yeah my i think i was gonna say my website is um cg.plus okay perfect yeah if you got if you go to if you go to cg.plus and what i'm gonna have you do i'm gonna have you come down and do some clinics this everybody knows in the in the Local, or it could be they could fly in from California and do these clinics. But yeah, I want to have people come in something. and do clinics and you analyze them with these metrics and tell them what they need. Yeah, to we're, gonna, we're gonna do we're gonna do this lab. I think we should do a lab, and then after the lab, you can do some follow up and help them to understand what we got from the what, you know what we got from the metrics and and here are the correctives. So if you got an issue, here's what we say. Here's what we think you should do to work on to you know make it even better. Because I want it. I know there's a bias versus the Northeast. These girls can't play. Or even baseball, they can't play. I want to change that narrative. I want to get these kids in the SEC and the Pac-12 and the Big 12. That's my goal. I want to change the narrative instead of them taking like these Southern kids. You know what I mean? Because there's talent, mm-hmm. there's talent all, all, all across this country. And as long as they get the right coaching yeah. and the right development, they can make it. And make it, some make it, baseball make it to the pros. You know, the, I feel the same. So way. I need to be aligned with the right person to do. Because <laughs> there's 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 talent we do in the in, in the Mid Atlantic area. You know, you just need to just, oh, yeah, you, you know they just need the the right coach and the right mentality, everything, science behind it. <laughs> so, but that is all, man. Are we gonna do this again? I'm gonna do it. We're gonna, we're gonna throw in one for sure next, <laughs> very shortly episode. You know, and do a series like this. So. 
But thanks a lot, Mr. Rob, man. It's been a pleasure. This is, this is, people have been waiting for this podcast to drop, so it's going to be. Money. I know. We, we were talking about doing this for a I'm going to break so this up really into two, two episodes, too, with that little break in the middle. So, but then we'll, right, we'll hit another, another one up for shortly, my man. All right, man. I got to get All going, right. man. I'm looking forward to it. All right. Take it easy. All right. What's all soon? All right. Bye. Thanks a lot. That was Rob Cruz, amazing hitting coach. One of the best, I think, in the country. Just a reminder, you can do the Bird Sports Performance Certification, where we kind of go into all these things. How to take a trainer person generally to, to specific. Speed, strength, agility, biomechanics, physics, mathematics, conditioning, stretching, mobility, arm velocity, throwing velocity, swing velocity. And it's more of a mentorship. So that's that's what um, that's what the regulations do. It's a, it's a class format. And also keep listening to the Bird Sports Forums podcast. We got I got a bunch of good guests lined up on all different sports. So it can help you take you to the next level, no matter what you're doing. Uh, tune in the next episode. I got another special guest. Right, thanks a lot. I'm in a new